Remember, you can listen to our show at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, you can go on iOS, which is obviously Apple. You can download our app by going to WWSRN or Android Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Uh, Obviously, everybody knows I was in North Carolina. I was back last week, but Tyler uh, had some stuff going on, so he was not uh, in for the practically the whole week, but that's all right. We are back in. What are you looking at? What are, you, what are the faces? We open? have two shows. That's right. I made one. I missed the other. Yeah. Well, you weren't here for the full show on the other uh, the other week. You weren't here for the first show, the full show. Yes, you? I was. I don't remember. That just shows you. Anyways, we're back in the studio for a full show. Never could you just pay attention? You know, last week when I wasn't here, you just sat there in front of a mic, just wondering what to say. Now, finally, when you have something to say, you're spitting it out. So, thank you for opening your mouth during the show. Oh, Anyways, uh, as you guys know, we are going to have a very, very good show lined up at nine o'clock, which is just about now. We will be talking to Pro Football Focus lead fantasy analyst, podcast and host Ian. Uh, Hartitz, Hartitz, right? Mm-hmm. Hartitz, All right, I got it. And uh, at nine thirty, Speedy, you should bo- you're supposed to actually uh, pronounce the last name so I know how to pronounce it. And at nine thirty, we'll be talking to host uh, of the minus three podcast and NFL analyst Dave Damshek, which uh, Dave is a very good friend of the show. We've had him on the show uh, twice, I'm pretty sure, mm-hmm. and he's going to be joining us again. Uh, very very funny guy. But uh, we had Ian on the show a while ago. I remember Ian. It was a while ago, but we finally got him on, and we are now talking to pro football focus lead fantasy analyst and podcast host, Ian Hartitz. What's going on, Ian? <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me back, man. Maybe third time will be a charm with the name. We'll see. Very I good, know. Guys. Is, is that how you pronounce uh, it? Is that how you pronounce it? It's like Cheez-Its, but Hartitz. But it's Hartitz. Right I got it now. I got it now. I got it now. I, I, I was called tits till I was about 21. Really? Ago, so yeah, they, all good, guys. Once what? you get the professional job, people try to <laughs> Don't give Arrow any ideas. <laughs> well, if you know me, my last name is Marks. So just there think about how you want to make fun of that name. Skid Marks. You can uh, – uh, trust me. I heard it all. And my first name is Errol. So I've heard some <laughs> crazy uh, – pronunci- uh, you know, just – Different ways to pronounce my name. So uh, I've had a, I've a lot of problems over uh, over the past. And I used to beat those kids up. So just think. <laughs> just think. But 
Uh, Ian, we're very happy to have you on. Uh, by the way, uh, why don't you tell the fans how they can find you before we get into this interview? PFF Fantasy Football Podcast at iHeart. It's on Twitter, pff.com. I got stuff coming out pretty much each and every day. So, yeah, guys, ready to talk some ball. I'm happy we just got some live action to talk about. You know, absolutely that does this from March, you know, to just doing 65 days a year. It's a lot easier when you got uh, actual games happening every weekend. So, pumped to be here, guys. And you have a huge following on Twitter. And I've actually checked out your Twitter quite a few times. All your posts, you're very active on your Twitter. That's for sure. Somebody who's not, I have almost 3,000 people that follow me. And they complain to me all the time. Why don't you post anything? Uh, we follow you, but you don't post anything. So, <laughs> unfortunately, I, I'm not very into the social media. I'm going to start doing that. But uh, very happy to have you. On. So, Ian, uh, why don't we get into a little bit of the New York sports for us first, the New York Jets and the New York Giants. The Jets lose, uh, uh, obviously, Curry and uh, uh, one of the, uh, the uh, big signings, Carl Lawson. What were your thoughts when you heard that Carl Lawson was out for the season with uh, the, the Achilles, the ruptured Achilles, and now uh, this blood situation, which could end Curry's career, um, it came out today. Uh, what was your thought when you heard about that? I just hate it, man, with all these injuries and period. Like, can we not just have God turn these things off at this point? I guess my one hope would be with the, at least in regards to the Achilles injury. So, you know, particularly for running backs, like when Cam Akers got hurt, we just hear, you know, the history of the injury. It's absolutely brutal. I will say, though, two guys, O.J. Howard and C.J. Uzoma, who suffered the ruptured Achilles last year, they're back in the preseason. Same with Marlon Mack. That's three. I'm not a freaking doctor. I'm not sure if we've had a breakthrough or whatever. I will say, not that long ago, you know, torn ACLs were seen as a career ender. Now we basically expect the person to be ready to go by week one. So I'm really hopeful, you know, the Achilles at least. Maybe modern medicine is working its miracle and we're getting in a better spot with that. (laughs) As for the blood clot, man, like, what can you do? I if the guy was in danger, I mean, man, I'm happy they found it. I remember growing up, and there's a one of the best kids I played with in middle school just goes to the doctor one day, and they and they say, "Hey, man, there's something wrong with your back. You can never play football again." So it's absolutely brutal. I can't imagine what he's going through, but you know, just hope for the best. So staying with the Jets, Zach Wilson's had a very impressive preseason so far. His first two games. So what are your uh, expectations of him and your impressions of him as a quarterback so far, both for real life football and also for fantasy? Is it still somebody that's a streaming guy or is it someone that you're willing to draft late? I'm now getting in on him in that last tier of quarterbacks. You know, between him and Tua, I think they definitely uh, supersede guys like Daniel Jones, Ben Roethlisberger, Sam Darnold, Carson Wentz. All that group. Everything we've seen from Zach Wilson, I think, has been absolutely fantastic. And it's not that we didn't know he was capable of making these throws, but for him to now do it on an NFL field with the New York Jets, I mean, it sure as hell helps to see because I understand he's playing against backups, but at least he's playing great against the backups. I mean, at least we're not having to have that conversation about it not mattering. And, you know, even in that Green Bay game, man, that first throw he made to Corey Davis for about 30 yards down the sideline after kind of reversing field in the pocket. Absolutely spectacular. And then he has the back shoulder touchdown to Tyler Croft. Broke my heart. I'm a Chris Herndon truther, so I always want Mm. them to go to him. But just perfect ball placement to Croft. And those are, you know, the types of throws and plays that really just stood out to me. Because in the preseason, generally, I want to see first-team snap counts. That's how we get a better idea of the depth chart. Everyone thought Michael Carter was going to be the stud bell cow from week one. Now it's kind of looking like maybe he's the RB3. Maybe not. Either way, they're a hell of a lot better than the, you know, 
in the depth charts that the PR interns put out at the beginning of August. So for Zach Wilson to really make impressive plays, just like Marquez Callaway on the Saints, you know, beating Shaq Griffin, the number one corner for a big one-handed catch. Like these aren't empty plays against complete nobodies. They're showing off a lot of the talent he had. So for me, Zach Wilson, like Jets fans should be absolutely hyped about him. And in fantasy, yeah, I think, you know, it's particularly for teams, you know, best ball when you're drafting two, three QBs. If you're in your one quarterback home league with your friends, you're good. But super flex and, you know, these best balls, I think going with Zach is really giving yourself a very cheap way to a lot of, a lot of upside. So enough of this jet talk, right? There's another team that plays in the same building, and we're talking about guys we have seen. We have yet to see Saquon Barkley take a live snap, and we're going on about a year and a half now. Do you have any concerns for Saquon as far as fantasy goes? And realistically, what are you expecting from Saquon when he does eventually get back on the field? I mean, I wish he wasn't banged up. That would be a lot easier to figure out. With that right. said, everything that I've heard about this situation, we're not hearing like Saquon's slow to progress or Saquon's had a setback or this and that. It's always been, usually from Jordan Renan, just saying like they have his long-term career interests in mind. Like I, I freaking hope so. But I mean, it's, it's, he's going along on schedule. And one of the guys I really respect in the industry, Dr. Edwin Porras, he works over at fantasy points. Like he's done these studies again on the torn ACLs and the specifics behind it. And his three main criteria for when we should expect guys to heal in a good timetable are when they have high draft capital. That's the sign of a freak athlete. I think we all know Saquon fits that build. If they're 24 or younger and if they're going through a relatively non-complex injury. Now he said relatively there. I understand it was more than just the ACL. I think Dr. Porras has a better idea of what constitutes complex than, you know, any of us sitting here. I don't know if you, I don't know if I'm talking to some doctors. Maybe I am, but I'm just going out on a limb with that. I am concerned enough to move him down to RB6. But anything past that, man, like for the month or so, I was able to scoop this guy in, you know, the first or second pick of these second rounds over at uh, Underdog Fantasy. And, you know, it felt like, you know, just stealing the cookie out of the cookie jar to an extent. So I get not taking him like in the top five just because I think, uh, you know, between uh, Zeke, CMC, Derrick Henry, Kamara, and Dalvin Cook, like you just don't have the injury concerns and you have a very, you know, similar touch count uh, projection but otherwise man I can't get behind any of those other guys because Saquon Barkley for my money is still the best running back alive when he is right thank you we are talking to pro football focus lead fantasy analyst and podcast host Ian Hardis now Ian we we talk about and I know he went to the the Giants and I understand because he's not a Jet fan and that's fine uh, the thoughts of the Jets going after a defensive end, I mean, there were talks Doe Douglas was going after Chandler Jones. There was also talks that they, they might uh, wait until, obviously, uh, certain players get cut before the preseason is over. Are, are, are you hearing anything right now for the New York Jets? Has anything come out in, on your way where the Jets are going to make a significant move at the uh, pass rushing position, defensive end position? Nah, man, I don't have those sources. What is funny, uh, though, I've gotten one source in my life, and I actually got the uh, Michael Thomas ankle <laughs> news about three weeks before Schefter and the end those guys did because uh, a buddy of mine is friends with some old, like, Ohio State <laughs> football players. Somehow I just get a text mid-podcast, and it was my buddy saying, like, wow, I just heard that, you know, Michael Thomas is an idiot, didn't fix his ankle when he should have, and now he's going to miss, like, six months. So I remember saying that on the pod and being like, biggest grain of salt ever. I don't know anything. With that said, here we go. So 
I don't know. They could use the help. I get it. But I will say, I don't think either of the New York teams are going to have this defense that, you know, teams are just straight up walking over. I mean, I think the Giants would be a little bit stronger than the Jets. I mean, Bradbury and Jackson, that's a hell of a one-two punch at corner, if uh, I do say so myself. So uh, we'll see. I mean, they could certainly use the edge rushing help now that they've had these injuries come to uh, fruition. Maybe uh, trying to think could be on the block. Yeah, we'll see. I, I would guess, you know, a move gets made in the next week or two because as we see a lot of times, you know, when a team decides they're going to cut ties with their edge rusher, you know, they send them for some seventh-round pick or whatever before they actually let them be a free agent. So long way to say we'll see. Uh, AFC, uh, the New England Patriots made a significant amount of moves in the offseason. Uh, they needed to really drop the hammer with uh, Tom Brady winning the Super Bowl with Tampa. They are playing the Patriots this year. Sonny Michelle gets traded today for, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, a fifth and a, or a sixth. It could be a fourth, uh, depending how uh, how well the Rams play this year. Are, are you surprised with the Patriots' moves? And Mac Jones, do you think he wins the job over Cam Newton? So I guess the only surprise with the moves, I didn't necessarily hate any of them. If they want to run a two tight end offense, well, they got, you know, the two best available free agent tight ends we've seen in some time. Nelson Aguilar, you know, as much as people want to keep going back to the dropping babies meme, which is funny. Uh, but he was fantastic with the Raiders last year. Made fantastic is a strong word, but he was very good. Like he was legit. Derek's car, number one receiver on the league's 10th highest scoring offense. So Nelson Aguilar is a legit solid addition and Jacoby, the offense should be in a much better place than it was last year. And the defense was already good. So optimism should be high. It was just funny to me though, when they give Hunter Henry and Austin, um, excuse me, Hunter Henry and John Smith, like the two biggest tight end deals we've pretty much ever seen in open free agency. And they signed Nelson Aguilar to a like non-insignificant, uh, you know, to a pretty freaking significant uh, deal, I should say. And then also Kendrick Bourne to like more money than people were thinking all in the first day. Like how badly did Belichick just want to get on vacation this year? So <laughs> the moves themselves, I thought were fine enough. The money kind of, you know, allotted to the guys was a little bit more interesting. Kind of seemed like, you know, Belichick saying like, all right, you know, I don't know. <laughs> seemed like a guy that might coach forever, but my goodness, man, it seemed like someone also trying to maximize whatever window he's got left. So we'll, we'll see what happens. So we talked about players on the Giants. How about a guy that was almost on the Giants that has been one of the most polarizing guys on whether they'll be either really good or iffy in the NFL, and that's Devontae Smith. And I know you're somebody that's a big truther of Devontae Smith. And as a Giants fan, I don't really want him to succeed, but I agree with you. I do think he will. So why do you think Devontae Smith, despite his size, will be a, a great player in the NFL? It's funny, man. Like, I, I did really well in NFL draft props this year, but I lost my biggest one, unfortunately, and that was Devontae at his under his draft position because a lot of people were saying he would go to the Giants, and I was like, kidding me? Gentleman could be the guy to draft, you know, a sub-170 pound wide receiver in the first round? I don't freaking think so. Eagles trade up and get the guy. So, you know, I'll take the L on that one. I never so much doubted the player. I doubted the NFL's kind of willingness to embrace someone like him. Like, I was surprised to see Waddle, you know, who's not exactly a big guy either, go six overall. So it might just be the way, you know, the game is moving. Rondale Moore is making a lot of big plays now. I mean, not big plays, but he's getting big utilization in these games as well. It would make sense. I mean, we just see, like, big hits that are clean just get flagged because they're almost too violent these days. I mean, football is so much different than it was 15 years ago. I don't know that pulling these, like, you know, 30-year studies and saying, well, only this handful 
of successful wide receivers that played at under 170 pounds because, again, the game is just so different. And I think we saw flashes of that in the last preseason game. Devontae and definitely Jamar Chase need to work on, you know, not dropping the football, but we know those guys can catch the ball. <laughs> Devontae, man, that whip route he put on the outside, just easily creating five, six yards of separation. It was great to see, like, honestly, him and – uh Elijah Moore actually on the Jets, who's been banged up, but hopefully is going to be playing against the Eagles uh, this weekend. Like it's almost better, I think, for fantasy investors that they got a little bit banged up this preseason. Because if we saw them going out there making the big plays that we know they're going to be capable of with the opportunity they're getting, that's when we see, you know, Marquez Callaway jump up 20 wide receiver spots like overnight. So it might not be the end of the world that he was a little bit nicked up. AJ Brown was like that. You know, we had the BC Johnson over Justin Jefferson reports going (laughs) this time last year. So just again, the one, the only knock we have on Devontae Smith is his weight. But, you know, everyone I trust that even more so than myself in terms of just prospect evaluation, Mike Renner, Josh Norris, like all these guys I really respect to say, yeah, you know, if we had on-field evidence of the weight being a problem, then we could question it. We really don't. So you throw in the reality that he's the pretty much undisputed number one receiver in this offense. And yeah, man, I have him, I think, wide receiver 25 or 26 right now. So I'm all in on it. And I really think, uh, you know, you don't even need to draft him that high in a lot of these leagues. He's a great option for pretty much anyone there in the middle rounds. So obviously... You know, I have a fancy sleeper this year. I just want to know if you expect him to go back to his true form or if you think what we've seen from him the last two years is kind of what his new status quo. Do not quo. bring up Baker Mayfield. I'm not bringing up Baker Mayfield. I think he's bringing up his I'm not bringing up Baker Mayfield. Do you expect Odell Beckham Jr. to go back to being a true number one wide receiver? Because I've been alone on this show saying that Odell's still by far a top five receiver talent-wise, and I get – Yelled at for it endlessly. No, he's not. You know who else said that? Dylan freaking Ramsey. I think he knows what he's talking about. Called him the second toughest guard in the freaking league. So I'm with you to an extent. Do I think he's going to be back to a number top five fantasy wide receiver like he was perennially with the Giants? No. That's more of a volume issue. I mean, with the Giants every single year, 10-plus targets per game. 2019, he had 8.3. Last year, even getting rid of the two-snap game in Week 7, he was only at seven targets per game. So it's going to be tough for him to completely smash. But like, guess what? We don't have to draft him as the guy expected to completely smash anymore. Last year, Beckham was going as the wide receiver 12 in full PPR leagues. Right now, he's going as the wide receiver 27. Mm. I know he hasn't been great in Cleveland, but 2019, he was a wide receiver 25. Before he got hurt last year, he was a wide receiver 19. Like, unless this injury, which everything we've heard, again, he's progressing fine. You know, people are saying he looks better than ever. It says a lot, but I'm not not believing him, you know. So I think with uh, the injury being the only problem, like, I'm fine taking that discount because we still haven't seen the best version of Baker and OBJ together. And I refuse to believe that putting OBJ in any offense makes it work. And I did a study to try to help show this. And one of the cool things I found, Baker, who's played, you know, nine or 10 games without OBJ over the past two years, he has averaged 0.6 more yards per attempt without Beckham on the field. Patrick Mahomes has played eight games without Tyreek Hill over the years. He's averaged 0.6 more yards per attempt per game without Tyreek Hill on the field. Now, would anyone in their right mind try to say the Chiefs are better off without Tyreek Hill? No. No. So stop saying it about Odell Beckham as Thank well. Thank you, sir. Like, You're my new just- favorite guest. Thank you, man. It's just a matter of... He was your first guest. (laughs) That's why he's my favorite. (laughs) 
Todd Baker, Nix. third year, third year with a new freaking system. He has no preseason, all the COVID bullshit, and we act shocked that it took the guy like a month and a half to get going. And the offense was humming, except when they played the Ravens and Steelers. We act like the Browns were just some, like, awful team. They went 30 per game, except for those two duds, and which were not Beckham's fault. So, yeah, man, it's I'm expecting him to, like, bounce back big time. The fact we don't have to even, like, use, like, this – hard pick on him we see it with joe mixon we see it with all these guys that have just gotten hurt last year like people are just afraid to buy back in because they got hurt last year don't be that guy we are talking to pro football focus lead fantasy analyst and podcast host ian hardis now um ian we 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 talked about odell beckham we're talking about the browns when you look at that division right now with the browns pittsburgh baltimore cincinnati uh they've gotten a lot better uh, you, you listen and read some things joe burrow has po- posted up that he has the three top best wide receiver trio in the nfl when you look at that division i think it's still a very tough division i don't think pittsburgh is as strong as they have been over the last i would say 15 years with even with ben roethlisberger there uh do you see the browns really taking over that division with all the acquisitions they've made obviously they have the most talent do you see them as the top team in that division right now the brownies yes sir i actually put a little bit of dough one unit on their uh, super bowl odds not that long ago i think baker mayfield up plus 3500 is a reasonable uh value as well for mvp yes the only thing missing from this offense last year was the presence of a just legit stud wide receiver who can get open even when everyone knows that the ball is going his way well good we're getting back obj and hey man i mean year two donovan people's jones is sure looking pretty damn good in his own right we'll see Jarvis Landry last year, like it was almost surprising he played at the beginning because he had like a later offseason hip uh, surgery. He ended up coming on strong, so we could have a bounce back from him. I mean, the receivers are great. The tight ends are three deep. They have the best running back room in the NFL, and they have PFF's number one offensive line. The offense is there, and it was pretty much there last year. It's just the defense, and my goodness, man. You talk about, I mean, uh, what's the uh, – I'm not a huge basketball guy. Who is the um, – Oh, Schroeder, uh, Dennis Schroeder. He had Dennis that like Schroeder. 70, Lakers, yeah. 80, had that 70, $80 million deal on the table. And now he's getting like the 8 million exemption from the Boston Celtics. Like same thing happened with Jadavian Clowney, where he had this massive contract offer from the Browns a few years ago. And now they got him for like pen, pennies relative to what they were giving him before. So even if Clowney isn't, you know, the game record, you would hope he would have been like one of the most hype recruits in my memory he's still someone that they're gonna have to respect on the line like he's a hell of an upgrade over uh you know olivia vernon who was out there last year so you add that i know greedy williams is already a little bit banged up but we've at least upgraded the backup cornerbacks a little bit more denzel ward's one of the better number ones in the league even if travis kelsey got the best of them on that one route we all saw and man if we can just get miles garrett with no covid fully go for a year it's tough to ever bet against aaron donald and the defensive mvp i get it but man Miles Garrett, man, I feel like he's capable of one of these 20 sack seasons where everyone's just like, my goodness. He said it himself. He says he's the best edge defender, uh, you know, in the NFL. And I'm not really inclined to disagree with him. By the way, speaking of the AFC North, I, I did I do want to mention Ian actually came in on our stream yard with a, a, his mantra, free Auden Tate, which I thought was very funny. And it's on your Twitter, too. My friend who's a Bengals fan was a huge fan of that. And I actually agree with you to an extent. I'm surprised he's going to, I mean, I guess, uh, overlapped by these other receivers. So I just wanted to bring that up. Um, my, my question is mainly with the quarterbacks, though, because it's so deep now. Uh, we're, we've seen over the years fantasy fantasy people say, all right, wait on the quarterback, but now even more prevalent than ever. So, again, what are 
what is the earliest you would ever take a quarterback and who would it be in that case in terms of value? And how many quarterbacks in the league right now that are starting do you think are draft worthy in terms of even just late in the draft that you think could be very good? That is the wild thing. I was looking at it, um, the fancy points per game. And like 17 and a half is a pretty good number historically. It's at least decent. I'm like there's 22 or 23 quarterbacks I hit that mark last year. So that was, you know, including guys that we played a handful of games, but either way, like it's just clear today's NFL higher scoring and we're seeing uh, better quarterbacks because of that in fantasy, particularly with the rise of all these dual threats that, you know, we're asked to go play wide receiver, you know, 30 years ago, pretty much. So that's really the big cheat code uh, in this game. It's players that have those multiple means of getting production, rushing quarterbacks and receiving running backs. Every now and then you get your Robert Woods, uh, Curtis Samuels of the world, the rushing wide receiver, but the quarterbacks and RBs are the main ones. It just depends on the round, man. Like usually I am waiting until the second, third tier of quarterbacks for single quarterback leagues. If we're going super flex to QB, then you got to get on the horse a lot quicker. With that said, I mean, I did take Patrick Mahomes like in round four, I think in this certain league when I already had a Kelsey or Tyree kill early on, I've taken Lamar Jackson um, at a similar point. I mean, if the guy falls to a decent level, I'm okay with it. It's just, you know, not a position I'm going to reach on. Or once I see people start drafting them, like uh, stray away from my strategy too much to do. So one guy I keep finding myself getting more and more, which is nice is Jalen Hurts, who Mm. earlier this off season Hurts was like, it was funny. Like not many people, I get it, are playing fantasy football in April, but there'd be the occasional tweet. Like who's your favorite late round quarterback this year? And people would say Jalen Hurts. And it was almost funny because like for the sharp best ball, players going on which those are the only freaking people playing uh in april as it is like he was already going as the qb7 qb8 so it was like oh your late round quarterback is already going in the top six seven rounds anyway so now though for whatever reason he's been falling a little bit and he's now pretty much available in round 10 or 11 so i would say i'm trying to get my first quarterback if i'm even drafting two in rounds seven or ten the one strategy though guys i've really been loving this year if you really want to go later Trey Lance or Justin Fields, mm-hmm. both. We all see the upside, dual threat. You know, both got cannons for an arm and all that. Get them and then get Kirk Cousins with your last pick. Guys, the Vikings early schedule, we get seven weeks of Kirk Cousins against the Bengals, the Cardinals, the Seahawks, the Browns, the Lions, the Panthers, and the Cowboys. Like only Aaron Rodgers threw more, had more games with at least three touchdowns than Kirk Cousins last year. I know the dudes, you know, a lot of people probably aren't the biggest fan. The way he's handling himself this offseason and all that. If you're just worried about fantasy points, I think Kirk Cousins can really be a great streamer for you while Lance or Fields fights for that job. I just had a league this weekend, which I did Tannehill of Fields. That was the combo. And that works. Yeah. Before- I, I mean, yeah, I, I do that. I'm saying if Fields is like your first quarterback and you don't have a top 10 dude, Tannehill gotcha. is a little bit Gotcha. Ian, before we let you go, because we have another guest, um, one more question. Is there a particular team this year that stands out from all the rest? I mean, obviously Arizona with the acquisitions they've made, with the draft stock they've added to that team. Uh, there, are, We were just talking about the Browns. Uh, some people even think Oakland could be a team to beat right now in their division. With all, Obviously, defensively, they're a little weak. But all around, they're, they're going to be a fun team to watch uh, with John Gruden over there. Is there a team that stands out to you from all the rest? So I like the Cardinals call. One cool trend I've noticed so we had the 2018 Browns, 2019 Cardinals, 2020 Bengals, all had the first overall pick, Baker, Kyler, Burrow. First year, see some flashes. Second year, they add the alpha receiver, OBJ, Hopkins, Jamar Chase. 
what happened to the second-year Browns and second-year Cardinals. Okay, we got hyped about the quarterback and the wide receiver. They were good, not great. Defense and offensive line holes ultimately, you know, kind of submarine the team. Now, in the post-hype year three, we saw what the Browns did with it last year. I do think the Cardinals helped sure up some of those holes they had. I mean, adding J.J. Watt getting a healthy Chandler Jones back is absolutely huge in that defensive line. The cornerback room looks very rough, but you know what? If you can get pressure on the quarterback in two seconds every play, I mean, that's the easiest way to make a bad cornerback look good. So I love that call on the Cardinals being kind of a sneaky team to maybe go seize a fairly wide open. It's loaded, but a fairly wide open NFC West. With that said, guys, I just don't know how you can pick against probably the Buccaneers at this point. Like for them Again? to do what they did last year, I know it's not sexy, but it's like, damn, they bring back every single starter. They got deeper at wide receiver. They got Giovanni Bernard to give Brady his, you know, tamp- his, uh, you know, James White South. Like this team is just completely loaded again from top to bottom. And I picked the Chiefs against the Buccaneers. I thought Mahomes would overcome it, and I think he, you know, maybe could. And try too, but it's just like I know it's not sexy to predict a rematch with it. But I look across the the leagues, and I I think there's a better chance of the Browns or the Bills beating the Chiefs than I do any team in the NFC beating the Buccaneers. That's basically what I'm saying. Ian, why don't you tell the fans how they can find you on social media? At iHeart, it's Twitter. Screw Instagram, <laughs> waste of time. I don't know. <laughs> Well, Ian, we would love to get you on before the season. Actually, after the season starts, because the season's two weeks away. So we would love to get you on. You give us some really good knowledge and not only fantasy, or what your thoughts are going on in the league. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, guys. Talk to you later. As everybody knows, we were just talking to pro football focus, lead fantasy analyst and podcast host, Ian Hardis. Uh, we're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, we will be talking to the host of Minus 3 Podcast and the NFL analyst, Dave Damshek here on the Sports Lab Mounts. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loud Mounts. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. As you guys know, this is the Sports Loud Mounts. I'm your host, Daryl Marks. My co-host, Tyler, a.k.a. Beef Patty Harrison. That wasn't and, my name. Uh, well, it is now. And Speedy Damn Petey. Remember, you can listen to our show every single Wednesday and Thursday at 9 p.m. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com and go to iOS, which is our app, WWSRN, Apple, or Android Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We were just talking to Ian Harditz, who gave us some good information, football lead fantasy analyst, podcast sensation, but we have another podcast, a.k.a. Big Sports Guru when it comes to football. We are now talking to the host of Minus 3 Podcast and NFL analyst, Dave Damchek. What's going on, Dave? Yo, what's happening there, fellas? Yeah, also Extra Points with Cousin Sal, who you may or may not know. He has some good <laughs> insights for you, too. And he hails from uh, the Long Island region really? of, uh, of the Tri-State. And I'm wondering... I'd forgotten that's where you guys are located. That's where you specifically are, yes. somewhere up there? Yes, Long Island, New York, my friend. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm from Pittsburgh, and after <laughs> what the Islanders did um, to the Penguins a few months ago, that's I, what I'm I, I may about take that. leave of you right here. In fact, I will. Goodbye. Wow. No. All right, but yes, let's talk about, we'll talk about football, I guess, better than talking about what happened uh, this past spring. Heart, it's still, still – uh, still making me feel very sad. Well, uh, the, the way that all went down. We'll, we'll help you out this year because we're airing, we're adding probably Vladimir Tarasenko very soon. They have Zach Parisi. This team is going to be loaded this year, so they might even be 
more fun to watch because they're they're oh, going to go. definitely be favorites. Anyways, uh, by the way, here we're not we talking hockey, and you're a Ranger I, fan, which I is, understand. It, it's a wash. We're washing our hands from that. Anyways, Dave. Uh, Dave, your thoughts to the New York teams this offseason? Obviously, with the Giants, I believe their schedule works very well for them this year where they can be a playoff team. And the New York Jets losing Vinnie Curry for the season. They lost, obviously, Carl Lawson. But Zach Wilson looks great. We, we're, we're looking at Elijah Moore. Even though he hasn't played one preseason game, he's looked sensational in practices. Uh, is there anything that stands out with the New York Jets first uh, from this offseason with the draft and some of the acquisitions they have made? Well, the first thing is, is the massive overhaul at the two most important spots, head coach and QB. Um, and as far as that goes, I have declared that <laughs> if Sam Darnold, who I know is no longer uh, your cross to bear, but if he thrives or is even mediocre in Carolina, I hereby decree Adam Gase is not only not allowed to ever have a, a coaching job again. He's not allowed to watch football ever again. Man, what what is the canard that we were sold on this guy? This is crap. What what if Darnold is is bad, but is is good without Gates? That 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 will be. Um, I, I really will feel like Peyton was playing a practical joke on us the last decade. But um, I mean, you know, from what you can glean from uh, August, and uh, I generally philosophically say that uh, you should try to glean nothing from August. It's a it's a lie for your eyes. One month long, you get seduced by this guy or that playing against second and third stringers. It's hard to get a real read on it. As I say, it's a Civil War reenactment, pigskin style. Um that said, you can see that Zach Wilson has a live arm. And there is a difference from watching him at BYU versus – and there's something about when some guys get on the NFL field, it's like, wow, they look small all of a sudden, don't they? <clears throat> he cuts a, a nice figure for as far as you can take that. I think they happen to be in a, a brutal division. Um I'm not sold that the Bills are definitely going to steamroll everybody. I think the Dolphins are going to be much better, or Tua specifically is going to be much better, ergo. The Dolphins will be slightly improved from last year. And I think the Patriots, this is not owed to what we've seen these last couple weeks or the Mac v. Cam stuff. I just believe that the Patriots, based on the free what, what they did in free agency and otherwise, and the guys returning, I think they're going to – Sad to say it, but they're going to be a nine-win team or a ten-win team and be on the cusp of the playoffs. So that doesn't leave a whole lot of room for the Jets to to be relevant. But I think the Jets fans are – correct me if I'm wrong. I talked to Dan Hanzoos from around the NFL mm-hmm. yesterday about it, and I, I can kind of forgive. Most football seasons, if you know your team ain't going to the Super Bowl, what's the point? If you know – Right now, our team has no chance. It's kind of hard to get into a 17-week stretch. Mm-hmm. But I think this season, as a Jets fan, eh, if we see promise and there are no devastating injuries over the course of the season to our, our core guys, we have reason for optimism going forward, and that's been a rare thing for Jets fans. So you brought up Sam Darnold, which was actually interesting, transitioning nicely to my question, which you do a lot of bets, too, in addition, uh, in addition to all the football content. And one of the bets I saw on your Twitter that you were – placing was the Panthers as a wild card team. Now, what are the biggest reasons for that? And how big of a leap can you see Sam Donald making from his time with the Jets, maybe in that Matt Rule offense? Well, uh, it's in the context of the 2021 NFC, which has four or five really good teams, it appears. And so there's going to be room with a 17 uh, playoff for someone to 
kind of rise up. It makes sense to me that Carolina could be that team. Um, you know, I I just was listening to you guys a few minutes ago, what you were talking about with Tampa Bay, and it's hard to move off of that team. And, and I completely get it with the roster is constituted with the greatest of all time at uh, quarterback and by all the that. Way, Dave, by the way, Dave, I did not say that Tampa was going to repeat because I don't think they will, but. I'm just you were being nice to your guest yeah. Ian. That's classic. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But but don't you don't you ever see like a, like Stephen A. Mm. He he just yells at people and this mm. uh, apparently this equals great success. So you should yell at me or anybody else. You got to listen to my stuff. show. You got to listen to my show because <laughs> all he does is yell. I do. <laughs> all he does is yell. Um, I've been accused of the same, so I'm not uh, I'm not uh, accusing you of anything that I wouldn't do myself. I um yeah. First of all. Teams just don't repeat very often, so that's a good place to start for why you don't think Tampa or anyone else um, is likely to do it in any given year. But you know, he's he's forty three. This can't go on forever. I know it's already we're in uncharted waters. I get it, but this is still this is still craziness. Um, and for what it's worth, people people are like, oh, you're not picking the Buccaneers to win their division. Yeah, reminder they didn't win it last year either. Um, I think Jameis is potentially a little bit of an upgrade there, uh, from Drew Brees, at least the way he played in the second half of last season and pretty much the last three second halves of those seasons, he just faded away. So there's a chance that they might even be improved, uh, that loaders rostered, right? That roster is loaded. Um, but I like Matt rule as a second year guy he's supposed to be you know the real deal an offensive guru uh we saw what he did at Baylor where he really and Temple it was year three in both of those stops that the team really elevated I'm being optimistic year two (laughs) will be it and Darnold will see the closer version that had everyone convinced until about 48 hours before the 2018 draft when Baker Mayfield ended up going one everybody in the world was in on in a class with with uh, Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield. Everybody was in on Sam Darnold. Or was everybody in the scouting community that wrong on this guy? We knew he was a pick machine. Control that. Great weapons out there. Some nice pieces on defense. I kind of like the Panthers in a mediocre to poor NFC this year. I have a dark horse to the NFC, and it's a team out west in the San Francisco 49ers. I just want to know if you think that Jimmy Garoppolo keeps his job the whole year or he's just going to get – how are they a dark Three horse? Weeks. Because they were fit, they were awful. They're one last of the season. favorites that are coming. They out of the are NFC. not one of the favorites. That yes, is a really are. tough division. They're, no, first of all, they're Seattle absolutely. is in that division. Yeah, Arizona's in that division. About. Absolutely, that's what I'm talking absolutely about. Absolutely, one of the favorites coming out of the NFC. Absolutely. I no, I completely disagree. Well, you're that, the you NFC West has lost. four different teams that can win that division. Good for you, but look at the team. They're absolutely loaded. They have two very good wide receivers. They have a good. Sir, pass you don't rush. even know what my question is. It doesn't matter. You're saying they're a dark horse because they're, they're dark my dark horse because Billy Goat Brady's in the same conference, and that's really hard to Billy do. Billy Goat. Yeah, you're, you look like a Billy Goat, but <laughs> that's fine. If Anyways, I, anything close ahead. to the Billy Goat Brady makes me a happy man. Well, I didn't say you were the goat. You look like a Billy Goat. That's fun. Now, if you would ignore, excuse me, I have to go talk to my guest. Actually, a Billy Goat has more hair than you do. That's, That's fun. <laughs> it has more brains than you do. So if you'd let me talk to my guest, then that would be fun. Go ahead. Spit it out. So, Mr. Damn Chick, back to my question wow, before we, we so rudely. Well. Uh, yes, thank you. Before I was rudely interrupted by the loud mouth to my left, do you expect 
Jimmy Garoppolo to keep his job, or do you think it's just a matter of time before John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan say, all right, Trey Lance, go ahead. It's your job now to lose. Now, come on. Wait, listen, in the 21st century, in the age of free agency, I know it has happened with two high-profile guys who've been very successful sitting at the knee of somebody else in uh, in Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes, but Jimmy G is not even Alex Smith, let alone uh, um well, Alex Smith twice. I guess that happened twice to Alex. But poor guy. Andrew Bledsoe. Mm-hmm. They both got Wally Pipp twice. It's put that we really should update it from Wally Pipp to one or both of those guys. Either way, yes, Jimmy G is about to join that ignominious club. Um, he, I mean, he's not going to keep the gig for very long. You don't move up to third in the draft, not in the age of free agency. They're going to roll the kid out there at some point. What you're hearing now is that it's going to be – with uh, Taysom Hill type packages to get uh, to get Trey Lance on the field, but I think that I- I'm sure Jimmy G, Andy Dalton, all these vets know that their window is pretty limited. They better if they stumble at all, that will open the window for the for the rookie to jump in. I mean, that, 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 I think it's that. So Jimmy G keeps the gig as long as they're undefeated and or he's not throwing bad picks. Because let's keep in mind, Jimmy G's plague is we like. Oh, he's a game manager, though, and he went 13-3 and just two years ago. Yeah, he also throws a lot of terrible, interceptable balls, and once we see one too many of those, I think it'll be the kids' turn to take over. But I like that. I'm with you. I really like the team. But on the other hand, I do have to say, point of fact, they are favored to win by uh, Tell bookmakers to, Tell to win Dave. the NFC West. But Tell that division him, is I, – I, I hear you, though, on, on how confusing Thank that you. division is. How, who is – what what's the fun question is who's definitely the last place team in that division it's hard to figure it out because those are four i got money on the rams the well in the coverage yeah the lions are gonna have the worst record in the nfc maybe in the nfl they'll be neck and neck with the texans all year i think uh we were talking to the host of minus three podcast and nfl analyst dave damshek now dave uh, there was a trade today. Sonny Michelle uh, obviously leaves the Patriots, goes to the Rams. We were just talking about the division. Uh, obviously, with Matthew Stafford and 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 some of the acquisitions they've made, uh, this is a Sean McVay year for him because if Sean doesn't pull off a win after trading up top first-round draft picks, two of them to be exact, and their starting quarterback, that's three first-round draft picks for Matthew Stafford, who is expected to play very well, being that the Super Bowl is in L.A. this year and has an opportunity for another team to play a home game in the Super Bowl. What are your thoughts with the Rams this year? Do you think the Rams are a favorite to go all the way? I'm buying it, and I like the incremental steps of of the team. They've been around it. They were in the Super Bowl not very long ago. They still have some of those core guys, not that many, but they still do have a couple essential players. The defense is mighty. Um I like Stafford as an upgrade, obviously, over Jared Goff. And, um, and, and yeah, I, I like it even in that division. They're my team to go to the Super Bowl this year out of the NFC. And, by the way, it will be an all-L.A. Super Bowl because that is correct. The Chargers are going to vanquish the Chiefs wow. and oh, win the boy. AFC West. And once they do that, all bets are off. Well, I'll, just, say, I'll just tell you this, Dave. I, I've said that I believe the Chargers – are going to be a very tough team to beat, and I think they're going to make they're going to squeak into the playoffs and watch out for Justin Herbert. So I don't know if they're going to the Super Bowl, but I think Justin Herbert is going to take that next step as an elite quarterback in this league. He's sensational. He really is. Oh, I mean, what you saw from his rookie year? Can you really say that based on you know getting thrust in there after a doctor thrust a needle into Tyrod Taylor's heart? 
just before the game started in week two. Justin Herbert was dynamite the rest of the way there, you know, historically great. And is he that big a drop-off, that offense, that big a drop-off from what the Chiefs have going? I don't really think it is a, a, a monumental one. However, I think the defense uh, for the Chargers is potentially vastly superior to what the Chiefs have. So it, it's not that insane to suggest that the char- that the Chiefs aren't going to just naturally win the AFC West as long as Patrick Mahomes is there. The Chargers, a, a team that always loses close games, always has injury issues with a lot of their core players. See, this is really the problem, the Chargers... Dave, This is the problem with these two guys. They always think two. of last no, year. No, 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 not no. Not last just me. Not, no, I think of their whole franchise two. history, Dave. They last always have injury-prone year, players. They always lose close games, playoff duds. What do you think is different with this Chargers team? I'm just You got the hot take up to the Super Bowl. What is it? I, don't, I mean, listen, I, it's, it's a hot take enough to say they would anybody would beat uh, the Chiefs in that division. Um, so I'll just I'll I'll, uh, I'll stick there mm-hmm. and I won't I won't hit on that one. But, yeah, I, I do like him for the for the narrative. Wouldn't that be fun? Brady gets to his home stadium last year. Now it's L.A. V. L.A. in the L.A. stadium. That would be cool. Um, not something I'm rooting for. Though, <laughs> I'll probably fan. faint if that happens. Yeah, but I, I probably listen. It's He'd be the richest man in America. If he's he's a Steeler fan. I guarantee you, Dave is a Steeler fan because he's from Pittsburgh. I am a Steeler fan. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> of, course I, I, of course I am. Sorry. Uh, don't be sorry for me. I'm the uh, seven living, Super Bowls. Uh, I'm thinking uh, they're pretty good. So many. We got so many Lombardi. Yeah, I can barely take a step around uh, Pittsburgh without mm. tripping over either a Lombardi Imagine trophy Tom or a Stanley house. Cup or whatever. Yeah. Same. So, so yeah. Yeah. We. I mean, we do better in the Stanley Cup department than uh, than Tampa does. Although, you know what? Actually, Tampa's doing better than Pittsburgh. Scratch all that. Cut all this from the show. <laughs> now, answer the question. I don't have a good answer because I'm with you. Obviously. That we see what what's gone on there, and it's not been one season or three seasons. This has been the entire millennium, at least. They got the one Super Bowl. In fact, I was actually at that game in Three Rivers when Stan Humphreys threw the touchdown pass to Tony Martin to beat the heavily favored Steelers um, way back when, and then they got whipped by uh, Jerry Rice and Steve Young in that Super Bowl, if you'll remember. But anyway. Uh, yeah, I don't have a good answer for why this season's going to be different than any other one where the football gods, for whatever reason, I don't know what Dan Fouts or who, what, who did what to, to invoke such rage from the, from the football gods that they just have to spite these guys with injury and otherwise every single year. It's got to change at some point, right? Yeah. The Browns beat the Steelers in a playoff game. <laughs> that, all bets are off now going forward. Without right? their head coach, too. <laughs> right, exactly. Mm. So I'll ask you a Steelers question oh, since God. here we go, right? I think you're going to finish last. Where, what do you expect from your Steelers this season? I think they finish second in the division. I think the Browns take it. I think that the Steelers, despite the collective wisdom that's out there, that the Ravens are once again going to be once again going to be world beaters. Um, I think that they're the the Steelers and Ravens rivalry is all based around the fact that they are generally speaking not anymore with Roethlisberger v Lamar Jackson they're not mirror images of each other but generally in the the way they team build and the way they approach things and they're interested in the same kind of players on the line of scrimmage and uh, at defensive back and everything else they often vie for the same guys in that way so they're so they play the same style of ball. Um, 
I think the Steelers are going to be a little bit better than them. The big question with them is obviously the offensive line, but I'll remind you that the offensive line stunk last year. So the this thing of like, boy, that line's going to stink. Yeah, it stunk last year. People seem to have forgotten that when they went 12-4 and four and won the division. The youth, and there's an MVP with Lamar Jackson, and Joe Burrow has, well, there are three guys with Heisman trophies. Roethlisberger's the one with the two Lombardis, though. I'll still bank on the known entity even though he's long in the tooth, even though he's past his prime and doesn't move very well anymore. I'll stick with Roethlisberger and that roster going up against the Ravens and against the Bengals. I'm not trying to – to. Uh, I, I get that the Bengals fans maybe have some op, uh, some reason for optimism, but are they going to win the division or something like that? No. Give me, give me Pittsburgh. The one thing – here's a good bet. The total on their season is eight and a half wins. I mean, they're going over that. They have an extra 17 games this year. They've never had a losing season, Tomlin and Roethlisberger. So it's a good bet that they're going to go over that again this year. As you guys know, we are talking to the host of Minus 3 podcast and NFL analyst Dave Damshek. Now, Dave, we we were talking about Carlson Wentz throughout uh, the last couple of weeks. Uh, he's injured. Why are we not surprised? But he will be back for the beginning of the season. With that division, everybody keeps talking about the Jaguars and everybody knows about Lawrence, but that offensive line's horrendous. I don't know how he's going to be safe. And, and he reminds me of Andrew Luck, a guy that they're not going to build their offensive line until maybe a year or two before he decides to retire at the age of 29. That's what it seems like is going to happen to a young Lawrence. But uh, looking at the, that, that division in Indiana, uh, Indianapolis, the, the way they've uh, really built that team defensively, uh, making the trades that they did last year to bring in uh, a defensive prowess. They have one of the best linebackers in football in Leonard. Uh, is there something that stands out to you this year if Carlson Wentz stays healthy where they could be a Super Bowl contender? I usually don't worry too much about uh, uh, – about. oh, I'm sorry. I'm uh, seeing something there. Uh, excuse me. Uh I've gone back and forth on is 2021 Carson Wentz an upgrade from 2020 Phil Rivers. I'm unclear about that. I mean, look at what you've seen, though, the last couple of years. Wentz has been bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he looked kind of good coming down the stretch. When was that? It feels so long. COVID really screws up my timeline now if it was six months ago or six years ago. But <laughs> he did have a nice little stretch down the end of a season a couple of years ago. But, yeah, he was a, an atrocity last year. I do like that Colts roster quite a bit. And if they had a, a, a bankable QB, I might like them to challenge the Titans. But as it stands now, the Titans have the easiest path to a division title of anybody I can think of with the possible exception of Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Um, the You know, the Titans are not a flawless team, but they have a real good shot at getting the number one overall seed in the AFC because they should have four wins um, right out of the gate. Uh, with the Texans and Jags on the schedule. That's an incomplete roster that Herb and uh, Trevor Lawrence have around them. And uh, like I say, I like the Colts a lot, except that QB, ergo, Titans division to lose. Mm. I want to go back to the NFC West because you actually brought up the fact that you like the Rams a lot. You got Another one of your hot takes that I saw on your Twitter was the Seahawks finishing last, which Ooh. for a team that's been a playoff team, a consistent playoff team, and the one year they missed, they missed because Blair Walsh just all those mixed kicks that year and just missed on a tiebreaker. So why do you think the Seahawks finished last in that division despite all the stability? And if they do, is this the fallout for Russell Wilson and or Pete Carroll? 
Well, I think that's what it's about. I'm I'm looking at that, and and I just said three minutes ago that Roethlisberger and Tomlin have never combined to have a losing season in uh, whatever it's been now for the two of them together, 16, 17 years. And the same thing applies to Carroll and Russell Wilson. The difference is that Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson seem to have some rift between them, and it's not a short one either. It's been like three years now since Russell Wilson and CR were talking about that they'd rather be in New York and then they come back and they do all that stuff. And I don't love the defense in Seattle. I, I mean, I do love the pass catchers that uh, Russell has this year, but that West, like we say is loaded. I mean, who, who are they going to get past? If you are really down on cliff Kingsbury, that would be the reason to pick against the Cardinals. They're an incomplete roster too, but I mean, man, oh man, they should be able to score they should be able to shoot it out pretty good with just about anybody. And at minimum, they do have pieces on defense. And that's what it's all about in the 21st century for defenders now is the honey badger is the quintessential guy in that regard. It's about takeaways and one or three special plays by your defense. Give yourself one or two more possession. Give your offense one or two more possessions over the course of the game. You don't have to statistically dominate. Just win the, as they say, the turnover battle. And uh, that's the most important. That's how the Patriots got the majority of their Super Bowl trophies. Well, also in, because they had the greatest quarterback of all time. But the defense, while not statistically dominant a lot of the time, was turning the other team over. And that's, that's basically all you need. I kind of like... Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt and the pieces they have behind them, those young linebackers. Bringing up teams that have a rift with the quarterback, um, Deshaun Watson at this point, I I would venture to say he has his suitcase already packed by the door. He's just kind of waiting to see what fight he has to take out of Houston. Do you have any kind of idea where Houston's at? Are they still fielding phone calls? Are they telling Deshaun Watson he's going to be there for the foreseeable future. What is going on in Houston? Man, I don't know. I bet you he wishes he could take back – well, I wish he, bet he wishes he could take back a number of things. But uh, the uh, the stuff about, like, I'm done with Houston. I never want to be on the Texans again. I bet he laments having done that. It is crazy with the news cycle and everything else that this is one of the biggest stars – who, when the season was wrapping up, remember around Christmas time, everybody's like, poor Deshaun Watson. We got, we got to find a way to get him out there because in the 21st century, shame the devil if there's a superstar who isn't in a perfect uh, situation. We must free them. We must liberate them for some reason. I'm not uh, clear on the reasons why that is. Why, why, but um, I, I, I don't know. Who's going to touch him now? I mean, I, I was a big like, ah, come on, Mike Vick. Oh, who's, he's never going to play again. Somebody will get him. If you can still play Somebody will go get you. But right now, he's kryptonite. Who's who's really going to make a deal to get Deshaun Watson right? I bet it's a real bad look right mm. now. At least once everything is settled and resolved, and even if it is, if he's on the wrong end of whatever a court decides or whatever, there will be a time down the line where he'll get back into the league, I bet. But wouldn't Goodell find him in the short term, even if he did get traded? Is Goodell just going to be like, ah, we'll figure it out later, man. In the meantime, go have some fun with your new guys. <laughs> I just don't think that's going to happen. So I I, I kind of think he's uh, a non-factor this uh, football season. Really? Uh, I'm very surprised. We are talking to the host of Minus 3 Podcast and NFL analyst Dave Damchak. Now, Everybody's picking Kansas City again. It really blows my mind. Yes, not this guy. Uh, well, not you. <laughs> uh, you've got the Chargers and you have the Rams, which I, I, I'm very surprised. And I, I've always rooted for 
the Chargers, not because they were from San Diego, uh, and that I love that state, but uh, the fact is, is I, I, I really like Justin Herbert, and I, I think he's going to be the next seed of great quarterbacks that we are going to see in this league. But we look at Kansas City and how talented Kansas City is, the acquisitions they've made at the offensive line. Everybody was like going crazy when they decided, hey, you know what? I'm getting rid of my left tackle. I'm getting rid of my right tackle, and we're just going to do, we're going to bring in Thune. We're going to move him to the tackle position. Then we're going to draft this guy, and then we're going to trade for Brown, and we're going to do all this stuff. And now we rebuilt this offensive line. It's a better offensive line. Are you surprised right now that everybody is picking Kansas City? And do you think Patrick, and I've said this over and over again since Patrick Mahomes has been uh, drafted, as good as he is and as talented as he's looked on the field, do you think he's a little overrated with the talent that he has and Andy Reid standing right behind him uh, on that sideline? I'm not questioning his talent. Andy Reid is a play caller, Mm -hmm. is great, all of that stuff. But, you know, once you start making 40 something million dollars a year, you corrupt the, the, the roster overall. And this is what, why I keep saying about the AFC North, the greatest beneficiaries of Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield after this season, I'm guessing will both get 40 plus million dollar contracts will be the Bengals and Steelers. It's not good. The window, if you go back and look it up um, in the age of free agency, guys, the QBs who win, even with Tom Brady and all the Super Bowls in year 47 for him, (laughs) even factoring in Tom Brady's late stage career wins um, and Elway doing a couple at his end and Peyton getting that from a quarterback standpoint, a fraudulent victory in 2015, all of that, that was the team winning, not him so much. The guys who win the Super Bowl are in their are in their second to fifth years as quarterbacks, and that's not a coincidence. That's because after year five, that's when they cash in. That's when the roster um, goes south because you're paying your quarterback, and they're really even though we call a lot of guys franchise QBs and all that stuff, a lot of guys are middle class QBs who in year five six start getting paid like high class QBs, and Jared Goff has shown us and. Carson Wentz has shown us and a lot of other guys have shown us just because you pay them to be high class doesn't mean they magically transform into being that there are five or eight guys who actually can cover up the warts of the roster with their individual greatness. And I, you know, I, uh, I, I, I think there's, like I say, just a, a small handful of guys that are actually at that level and everybody else is, is fraudulent. So once, you know, Patrick Mahomes though, is able to do that, but it's going to require even more from him going forward because the best roster he's been on is already in the rearview mirror. They're not getting better with him making that amount of coin, right. you know? So going back to the Steelers, they have some interesting uh, dilemmas with their skill players or offensive skill players. They drafted Najee Harris in the first round, which a lot of people are saying, oh, don't draft a running back in the first round anymore. It's not good. But Harris, very talented. And also the receivers they have, which one will emerge? So what do you think the expectations will be for all those guys this year? Who do you think will emerge, both from a reality standpoint, real football, and for fantasy, too? Well, Tomlin has a has a habit of having the uh, having a guy who he really features as his runner. It wasn't just Levy and Bell; he did it with James Conner, um, and you know, in the trans, Bettis was long in the tooth, and uh, you know, or, or he actually he was gone, so he inherited Fast Willie Parker. Anyway, the point is, 
Tomlin tends to ride one guy and not mix and match like uh, like Belichick is a for instance, or Josh McDaniels. Um, I so I think Najee Harris has a really good year because they're gonna they're gonna grind him, but good. They're gonna they're gonna feature him. They're gonna feed him the ball constantly. And uh, if I had to if I have to pick one of those guys, I'll say Deontay Johnson. He was uh, the drops were really bad, and he. He's physically super brittle looking, you know, he's, he's slightly built. So I, I do worry that he's going to get banged up at some point, but um, of those pass catchers, I think Deontay Johnson is probably the best, but the, you know, the tight end Fryer Muth out of Penn state's looking good out of the gate. They do. The question is, I know it's Roethlisberger. Can he move and all of that? But I I think at 39, he's good enough. The question is the offensive line. And until we see it, we won't know. We can, we can say, it's definitely going to be bad, but as I remind you again, it was bad last year too, and they still went twelve and four. Um, are they going to the Super Bowl? I'm not going to bet on that, but I think that they're relevant throughout the season. Oh, and uh, yeah. So I, I did I answer your question successfully? Yeah. Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool. The thing with him is I don't know that it's going to change in his sophomore year that he's suddenly going to be. Um, dependable week in and week out because he's a splash kind of player where where there are more dependable pass catchers around him so it's not like he's going to consistently be a an eight target a week kind of guy but with the jet sweep stuff that Matt Canada the offensive coordinator likes to do he is a burner so maybe he gets a little run that way some unorthodox points for a wide receiver in fantasy terms I know you brought up the second or easiest path to you would be Aaron Rodgers going through the NFC North do you think in Chicago that they're closer to a rebuild, or do you think Justin Fields is just going to cure all woes and Matt Nagy's going to go back to being a genius? Well, if Nagy, yeah, if, if if Nagy blows this one, he may or may not make it to Christmas this year. So we'll see if he really screws this one up. Yeah, they're they're an interesting team because the Lions stink. I think the Vikings are are mediocre at best. I think they're a mess. I think in the COVID age, when you have guys, including the quarterback of the team, being like, yeah, I don't want to take the – that that's going to be a rift. It's – you know, that was a big talking point. What was that, five years or so ago when Colin Kaepernick took the knee and this is going to divide the locker room and all that kind of stuff. You think guys bringing COVID in there, if the guys start testing positive, that's going to be a rift too. I think that that has a real – Mike Zimmer is talking stuff about that he doesn't like Kirk Cousins not doing it. If That – the head coach and, and uh, quarterback not getting along is not a great thing for them. So the Vikings might not be good. I think the Packers are going to be really good. Um, in a mediocre NFC, like I say, I think Justin Fields has a real chance to to be rookie of the year. Um, so I, I, I guess I'll give a, a, a limited amount of optimism that, uh, that they'll be okay this year, that I, they won't have to rebuild. But if things get sideways, man. That'll be it for Nagy. Dave, before we let you go, and you were just talking about Justin Fields, and and I think Justin Fields is going to have a sensational year. Uh, Your thoughts of this year's quarterback class. Now, a lot of people, we heard Chris Sims, he he thinks Zach Wilson far and along is the best quarterback in this class. What has stood out to you so far this preseason? And who do you think, out of all these quarterbacks, uh, where everybody thinks that this could be a very good, talented quarterback class, who stuck sticks out to you, and who do you think is going to be the best quarterback in this class, in your views? 
Uh, I fancy myself a uh, semi-pro QB whisperer. I won't say, you know, I'm, I'm not the greatest at it, but I'm pretty good at predicting these things. I'm going to say Trey Lance ultimately is the best. Um, I, you know, Herb has already shown in a couple of stops that even if things are going well from the outside, that, you know, it, 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 he's too hardcore. It's not going to get better in the NFL than what it was at Ohio State or otherwise. So um, I don't know about Trevor Lawrence's situation. I like, you know, in the short term fields, but I think over the long haul, Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, it feels like they've got something rolling now in the way they approach things that has a sort of stability to it. And Shanahan works wonders with QBs wherever he goes. So this uber talented kid, I figure is going to end up being a star as things go along. But I also, the the other thing is to keep in mind when people wring their hands about what are we going to do with quarterback? We our guys retiring or he left as a free agent every spring. There are two, to five guys in the college pipeline that it is not 2010 anymore. There are always good quarterbacks to draft and there's some viable options on the waiver wire at all times. Look right now at the guys who you might be able to deal for Cam Newton. You could maybe go and get, you could go and, and get maybe Jimmy G right now. Those are just two off the top of my head. And Deshaun Watson figures to be in the mix at some point in the next year, two years, something like that. Another guy you can go get point is, you don't have to stress about it, everybody. I, there are good quarterbacks coming every year. That that's my takeaway is every year it's like this guy's gonna this quarterback's got a chance to be special. We say that about every every kid every year. There's always like one to like I say four guys in the draft. It's like this guy now he might be really good. I think Russell Wilson will be available too, one way or another. I think in Seattle so, too. Too, so yep. I, I agree with you. I, I think, and I, I don't like this quarterback class coming out. Everybody knows about what I think about the Oklahoma quarterback coming out this year. I think he's he's just a obnoxious, you know what. So I I'm not rooting for him. And uh, when I do go to the draft and I I, I plan to interview him, I'll give him uh, my own thoughts of what I think of him as as a person. Maybe not as a talent, but good thing it's to avoid SEC defenses until yeah. four years. <laughs> well, that could be a real culture shock down there at Oklahoma because they've never had a, uh, a, a you know a real cocky quarter. Oh wait a minute! Oh wait, he's in Cleveland now. That's right. Him. That's right. Well, he's not as bad as this kid. I, I mean, watching QB Why one on Netflix. Hate? No, Baker is nothing compared to this kid. You have no idea what. Oh you're no, I about. said why the Baker hate. Well, <laughs> Baker, I, Baker was fun. Uh, no, Baker was not fine. I'm running around naked when getting drunk during parties and hanging out at uh, you no, know not no, normal college stuff. Uh, normal college stuff, running around naked around the uh, the the all over the place while people are watching normal and college sticking, stuff. sticking his flag in the middle of the field, you know, pissing off people. Yeah, that's great. Baker, you're a smart guy. They should have shook his hand. Yeah. yeah. Well, good. You could shake his hand. I will absolutely else. shake his hand. I think, you know what you need to do. I think you need to write to Baker Mayfield and ask for an autograph. Cause you need it. Because I you're definitely the, do need you're it. the only person in the, in the whole wide world. A couple of years ago, thought that Baker Mayfield was the second best quarterback. in that's last not what I said. Yes, she did. I projected him to end that season. Season as the second and you thought Lamar Jackson was going to be the worst, and he wins the, he wins the NBA. He's still not a great quarterback. Okay, whatever you say. Okay. Anyways, Dave, thank you for joining us. We would love to get you on sometime in the middle of the season. You give us some good insight of what's going on in the NFL. We know your Pittsburgh Steelers are not something for you, for you to be happy about this year, but I still think Pittsburgh could be a dangerous team <laughs> if, if, if Harris 
could turn out to be the player that a lot of people think he's going to be. And I think Najee Harris is a beast. And I, I, I really believe he's going to be beasting. He is a, a better version, I think, in the future of Derrick Henry. So if Derrick Henry, Henry looks as good as he does, Najee Harris has better numbers than Derrick Henry did his last two seasons with Alabama. Alabama. So I think the thing, the thing that if the Steelers are a little bit better than we expect, the defense will tune it up. They won't lo- have a massive loss. The secondary cannot afford a single loss uh, personnel-wise. But if they that front seven, even without Bud Dupree, is mighty. Mm, I, I like them too. I so. mean, they 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 that could be that could swing things <laughs> in an all offense league if they really do what they usually do, which is really harass and harangue QBs. You think Bake wants that? He doesn't. No, they got weapons. As far as offensively, they got a running back, and they have very good wide receivers, and they brought back a wide receiver on a cheap contract, one-year deal, who that was, was good too. yeah, where everybody was saying, oh, he's going to go here, he's going to go there, he's going to get 50, 60, 70, 80 million dollars. Instead, he gets like, what, five million dollars from the Pittsburgh Oh, even Steelers. less than that, yeah, I think. So. I might- you know. Let's just hope that this season ends to make to make things right in the world, not just for Steelers fans, yeah. but for football fans, of for course. sports fans. It, it ain't right for the Browns to beat the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Let's all hope this season ends with <laughs> T.J. Watt chasing a naked Baker Mayfield <laughs> off the field forever. Well, I'll tell you who will chase Baker Mayfield naked, and the guy right standing over here with losing his hair, and that's uh, Tyler, Wait a a.k.a. Meatball I never Harris. said that's chasing love. <laughs> now what happens if, if Odell is involved in the picture too would he turn around oh you, you kidding me he'd run after him too they, he'd run after both of them he might even give him something else who knows <laughs> Dave I gotta deal with these idiots all day all day D- Dave thank Thoughts you for joining us uh, by the way tell the fans how they can find you on social media uh, at Damashek D-A-M-E-S-H-E-K is how you do it. D Damashek on Instagram, uh, Damashek, the last name, uh, on Twitter, track me down minus three extra points. Good times. Thanks fellas. Absolutely. Absolutely. Dave, you're awesome. And we love to get you on again as the season progresses. I'll think about it after we'll see what the Islanders do in free <laughs> Stop. 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 Don't even mention on, that gar- garbage can of an organization here. Garbage Please. can of an organization. Please. Two they times, play in front of mops. Two times the Eastern Conference They play Conference in front of mops and Zambonis. Add That's Tarasenko, it. Add Zach Parisi. You go to a Stanley Cup Mary. yet? Uh, what are you talking about? Who's and, the last team and, in New York oh, to go to a Stanley uh, Cup? Yeah. And wh- who's the last team that loses a Stanley Cup? Who's the last team to win a Stanley uh, Cup really, in New York? Really? You think the Thank Rangers you. are talented? Thank you. You know what it is? Thank you. Thank you. Can't you can't even name the, the, the first two lines for the Rangers. The Devils don't play in New York, and the Rangers did afterwards. In the tri-state, you guys are both fighting for second place behind the pathetic... New Jersey Devils, and at yeah. least we're not Flyers fans. We can agree on that. But no. the Rangers oh, the Flyers are, are going to be nice, though. The, the Flyers Rangers are going to be very rarely, good. The Rangers, Rangers have stink. rarely caced me much pain. Yeah, the Rangers they're, stink. They're, I, I pat the Rangers on the head. You know, At least the <laughs> Islanders have hurt my feelings yeah. on more than one occasion. I would pat them on the head, too, because the Ranger fans, they're so, they, they have their heads so far up their tuchuses that they what? think – Tuchus is, yeah. I don't know Butts, what that means. You know, it's no, but that, you, tuchus, you said you it. You don't know what Tuchus is? No, I know what a Tuchus is. I don't know what Errol Marx just tried to say. Well, maybe you should grow some hair. Maybe that will help. I mean, that's fine. Maybe I still won't hear you, you any better. See, Dave, I think you have more hair than he does. And he's a lot younger oh, than you. Look, look at this glorious man. <laughs> oh, no, that, that's definitely a lot more hair. <laughs> I didn't want to taunt you with it. but No, you, no, <laughs> you shouldn't. That makes me very upset. You're very going to taunt us soon because I can't imagine the blue shirts can blow what they got. They, they, uh, they're so low. 
loaded up for the next few years. They should be uh, they should be a contender in these next few years. Mm-hmm. Best player, best goalie, best young defenseman. Uh, they don't fine. have the best young goaltender. Sorokin's better than Sorokin. So you don't know what you're talking about. You talk. You out said of the your, same guy's you, name twice. You 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 talk out of your rear ends. You back. have absolutely the same guy's name twice. The Dave, best he knows. They don't, have the, they don't have the best player. Who's yeah, got Alabama the best player? Best player. Definitely. Panarin's the best player. Panarin is voted the second most hated player in the NHL. Redman is awesome, but come on. The best player. I can stay healthy either. The best player in New York? Is oh, in New York. Yes. Well, okay. Well, that's that's. Uh, Wait a second. What makes him so much better about? than ba- Matthew Barzell? Barzell's a different stop type it. of player. Well, stop oh, the once. bread man's better than uh, Thank you, than Barzell. That's not even a debate to be had. Uh, okay. They're not even the same Dude, tier of player. You don't even know what you're talking They're about. They're not even the same tier. Barzell's you're closer the, to Adam Fox listen, than the bread this, man. This guy We're opens. Fox, you want to know Adam something, Fox. Dave, before we let you go? This guy, I was out last week. This guy barely even speaks. Now all of a sudden, speak. he doesn't shut up, okay? And that guy has absolutely no idea. Every year he thinks the Rangers are a good team. They stink. I didn't say that. They stink. And they're better than the Islanders, which they're not all around they're not even close to the islanders and everybody knows that so hey that just I, got shows a, I got a special request Go ahead. you got to get my producer absolutely and, uh, he, he's a talker too you got to get my guy eddie spaghetti on your show absolutely you guys will all fall very much in love hook us up he's a rangers yankees giants knickerbockers guy through and through oh you guys will all, you guys will get on famously hook hook us up man uh, i would love I to will. get him on speedy You'll will definitely it. uh hook us up on that one so dave uh, reach out to Dave, and he'll, he'll look us up, and we'll get him on. Maybe we'll get both of you on. Oh, that would yeah. be even funnier. That would definitely be fun. Pittsburgh and the Rangers. Oh, no, mm. he's very upset. Every minus three episode revolves around me uh, berating the Yankees <laughs> and their fans for acting like, I don't know Can this Can you year, give dude? me an Aaron Boone's Are awful measure? Are we buyers at the dead trade deadline? I don't know. We might have to be sellers this year. Like, you're the Yankees, of course. You're just, Spoiler alert. You're just going to you're just gonna take up – you're going to pillage – all the sad sack teams village, and you're going to take their assets, and you're going to go make the postseason again, and and you're going to act like uh, it's a big surprise. And well, you 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 can't really take shots at the Yankees for what they have yes, done. I can. Because, yes, I can. Because yes, because what they did what they did is they traded away pieces that are probably not going to be anything. They bring in Joey Gallo, they bring in uh, obviously Rizzo, and they've completely trend you know changed the way their their team has played in the beginning of the season. And this guy over here taking shots at Brian Cashman. Oh, we need to get rid of him. We need Brian no Cash- we needed pitching. Uh, uh, okay, pitching. Yeah. Oh, which is by, by the way, the way by why the they're way, winning games now. By, their by, pitching staff learned how to pitch. Oh, okay. Thank you. Their pitching staff right now is ranked fifth in ERA in all of baseball. Oh, they need pitching. They oh my God, man. They did need pitch. You know what you need to do? You need when to When the Dodgers win a World Series, yeah, you'll the, regret it. Okay, the Dodgers win the World Series. How much you want to bet the Dodgers don't win the World Series? We already have have a bet for that? No, we don't. Yes, we not do. Not with the Dodgers. Yes, we do. No, we I don't. bet a hundred dollars the Dodgers won. Was, yes. was, yes. was it the Dodgers? Was it the Dodgers? Well, good. Yeah. I'm going to win a, a nice hundred dollars. So there you go. You ain't Dave, winning nothing. Dave, thank you for calling. Thank you for joining us. Take care, fellas. Thanks. <laughs> Dave Damcheck, awesome, really. From Minus Three, check out his podcast, and obviously the NFL an- NFL analyst. Great, great interview. When we come back, we'll get more into football and definitely swing to baseball with everything going on in baseball. And some. And by the way, um, uh, me and, and, and obviously Jeff had some good arguments today about a particular subject. I want to get into that subject when we come back here on the Sports Lab Mounts. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loud Mouths. 
We are back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Sports Loudmouth. I'm your host, Errol Marks, my co-host, Tyler Meatball, Patterson Harrison, and then obviously Speedy Petey, uh, DJ Speedy for tonight. Remember, you can listen to our show every single Wednesday and Thursday at 9 p.m. You can call us at 631-672-3108. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. iOS, which is our app, Apple, WWSRN, or Android Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And uh, by the way, I want to thank... Uh, Ian Hardis and, and Dave Damchek, who uh, very, very good interviews, gave us some good insight in the fantasy. And then Dave, with his personality and his drive and with his wonderful hair, which obviously Tyler doesn't have. I uh, know. Snarks, calm down. <laughs> Snarks? You, Snarks. All right. You can call me Snarks. I, I don't mind that. Hey, call no. me whatever you want. No. You can call me I've ass. got a lot of names for you, but well, <laughs> I can't call them all good. on you the know, radio. Well, maybe when uh, when you actually speak, it could help out the show, you know? So, uh, you know. Wait, we're on a show? Uh, it figures. It figures, you know, because I was wondering what was going on last week or two weeks ago. When, oh, you know I don't like doing anything, especially when you're away, honey. Well, but... well, you're right. You just sit there and uh, wonder what your ass is to your tailbone. So, anyways. It's the same thing, isn't it? Well, no, it's not. Anyways, uh, well, I'm going to help you out with your uh, your body, and I'll explain things oh, yeah? very slowly. So maybe Live or do you want to go to break? This is your nose, okay? This is your mouth. <laughs> Anyways, um, no. I, I want to get into some football. We were just talking a lot about football. I want to swing over to baseball. But first, I, I want to get into Me and Jeff had a long conversation oh, on, on the phone today, and – uh, I could go back and forth with this. And and Jeff is very much right about some of the things that goes on with the Hall of Fame and bringing it and picking Hall of Famers in professional sports. Uh, if, if you're not Peyton Manning or Tom Brady or Drew Brees or even some of the, de- the top-end defensive players like, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, Reggie White, Reggie White Lawrence or Taylor. Lawrence Taylor or Ronnie any of those Lott. guys. Uh, Ronnie Lott, yeah. So – you talk about some of the great teams of our era. And the Patriots um, in the early 2000s was a dominant team. Tom Brady with that defense. Everybody forgets how dominant that defense was with Teddy Bruschi, with with uh, McGinnis, and all the different mm-hmm. players that they had, the Will Forks of the world, uh, being that he was a first-round draft pick. And a lot, and Jeff was, and I am not a Patriot fan. Everybody that knows me on this show, I can't stand the Patriots, aka because of Bill Belichick deciding to go over the, to New England and win all those championships uh, with the Patriots. But what bothers me about professional sports is uh, being that those teams were so dominant, and 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 you look at those teams and how powerful those defenses were. You can't tell me that Teddy Bruschi, McGinnis, Will Fork. Uh, even Julian Edelman, who's an offensive player, are not Hall of Famers. And you try to compare and contrast who's a Hall of Famer and who's not a Hall of Famer. And you, you look at numbers, and numbers don't really sell how talented those players were. Because, yes, Tom Brady is throwing the ball, but Julian Edelman has to catch the ball. And then you look at the defensive side of the ball, Tom Brady doesn't play defense. So those defenses have to step up. they got to make the plays. they got to be at the top of their games. And, and, and with... All the Patriot teams, all the good Patriot defenses that we've seen over the years, even some of the other defenses from other teams, um, Klecko from the New York Jets in the early uh, 70s and 80s. Uh, Klecko was one of the best defensive players in the league. And Klecko is not a Hall of Famer. 
Howie's not a Hall of Famer. We have a caller? We got Jeff. <laughs> All right, Jeff, come on the show. We were talking about this, and it, it blew my mind because he's absolutely right about this. What's going on, Jeff? How are you? I'm good, man. Do you see Tyler get all excited when Dave mentioned spaghetti? <laughs> oh, Jeff, it was a long week without you. Bring buddy. his uh, bring his volume up, Speedy. Go ahead, Jeff. Oh, did we lose him already? Did we lose? Oh, what a shame! No, no, no. Oh, I'm never that lucky. So, uh, Jeff, uh, we were talking about this particular uh, subject today for for a significant amount of time. Uh, what are your thoughts to it? Obviously, I know your thoughts, but the fans don't. I mean, it's just funny that there's like, like the the narrative has changed around football. Like, if you go back to the early two thousands when the Patriots won three out of four Super Bowls, when the Patriots won that first Super Bowl, everyone was rooting for the Patriots because they were taking on uh, the beast in the Rams, the greatest show on turf. Everyone rooted for the Patriots; they loved them. And as they started to win more and started to win more and started to dominate, there's become like this vitriol towards them, right? And and it happens with everyone that wins. It happens with the Niners. It happened with the Cowboys. It happened with everybody. But the difference is the Patriot players are not getting the recognition for their greatness. If you go back to the Cowboys teams, Barry Allen got in, Leon Lett gets in, Emmett Smith gets in, Troy Aikman gets in, every Cowboy got in, Right. Uh, Ronnie Locke's in the Hall of Fame. Jerry Rice is in the Hall of Fame. Montana, everyone from the 49ers gets in. Are you going to tell me the only Patriot that is Hall of Fame worthy is Ty Law? I they agree. Won three out of four, they won three out of four Super Bowls and dominated the league. And you're going to tell me now that the only good player was Ty Law? Well, I think, and, and every, I, I've, I've said this, uh, Devin McCourty, I think, should be a Hall of Famer whenever yeah, but, he decides to yeah, retire. He's part, he's part of the new generation. He's been in the league 10 years. This yeah. has been going on 20 with the Patriots. Are you going to tell me Willie McGinnis doesn't deserve to be in? Right. Or Ted Johnson? Or Teddy Bruschi? They were all part of, t- t- like, a dominant uh, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. What do you think about Seymour, too? He's another one that's right on that board. Richard line, Seymour is another yeah. one. Right? He wasn't always with the Patriots because they traded him to the Raiders. You're going to tell me that none of these guys are Hall of Fame worthy? And it literally just comes back to they won too long and we don't like them. Do you it's, think there's a grudge with the committee is, is what the basis is? Kind of like the I don't baseball know is with certain is. players? I don't, I don't know what it is. But look at all of the great teams that won. The, the Steelers with the Iron Curtain defense. They let Lynn Swan in and Bradshaw gets in and Franco Harris is in and Everyone's in from that team. Everyone's in from the Cowboys. Everyone's in from the 49ers. Uh, Patriots are up. You get one. Well, Benatari is the most important part of that team, and he's definitely going to get in, so that's two. Well, Tom Brady. Big, I mean, right. he's still going, that's three. right? I mean, not. I mean, who, who did you say before, Tyler? Benatari. I mean, Benatari, yes. He'll eventually get in for sure, right? But this is what you're – are you telling me the kicker? Is the only reason they won? Right. <laughs> it takes 56 players on a team. I said 53 with Jeff, and he corrected me. 56 players to win a championship. In football, it's an ultimate team game. And Tom Brady, as good as Tom Brady is, he doesn't play the defensive side of the ball. And you, you need to go back to that time, that, that 2001, 2002, 2003. Tom Brady was still learning. The playbook wasn't big at all. He was brought along very slowly mm-hmm. and wasn't the star of those teams. You're going to tell me Troy Brown wasn't any good? I don't know if he's Hall of Fame worthy, though. Dude, 
these are the guys that put the league in their back pocket for a generation. I agree with so you. If, so, so if guys that put you in their back pocket aren't worthy, nobody is. Well, well, I agree with you, but here's ultimately kind of the double entendre of being coached by Bill Belichick. Big you word were for coached, you, Tyler. You were coached by Bill Belichick. The greatest defensive mind in football, the greatest mind it, football's it, ever seen. It never, it never worked. It never worked against anybody else. Because, I understand. Uh, you but could, Belichick's no, no, mo no, is, I can replace you with anybody. So that kind of diminishes wait, your value to the Hall of Fame committee. Wait, Wrongfully wait, so, wait, but, but that's just how it goes. Wait, wait, but this is what you're doing. See, you're trying to diminish them by saying they were coached by Belichick and ignoring that the 49ers teams were coached by Bill Walsh. Right, you but know, hold on. You know, I'm you're, not you're, doing you're it. I'm telling you what I think they're thinking is. I disagree. I agree with you. It's wrong, but I I know I can see why. But it happens. You're the one who just did it. No, I'm telling you what you're they the ones... think. I don't. I agree with you that there should be more Patriots in, but right now, unfortunately, there there are a lot of great. John, look how long it took John Lynch and Brian Dawkins. Look how long it took Terrell Owens. There are guys that have a weight. It's well, just a waiting Owens, period. Terrell Owens is a different case because Terrell Owens was a douche. Terrell Owens on the field is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Who treated people terribly. That, he did. He still does. That, that, <laughs> I, that's fine and dandy, but the committee should really just look at what they did for the game of football, and Terrell Owens rejuvenated the game. I, I, I'm just going to – listen, Terrell Owens deserves to be in, and he got in, but as much as Terrell Owens helped the game – he also diminished it by some of his actions off the field, right? And how he treated the media and how he conducted himself. Doing sit-ups in your driveway is no way to act. Snug says they should consider putting entire defenses into the Hall of Fame, a.k.a. the 85 Bears. Numbers plus big plays and big moments equals a Hall of Famer. Ben says Bruschi gets in. Snug says Seymour Butts is already in the Hall of Fame. And Ben says Seau is in. Ron Harrison should also get. Yeah, but Seau wasn't like, wasn't a Patriot again. Seau, like you can't really count Seau, right? Because he was no, the, he was a Patriot for two seasons, mm-hmm. and he was a Charger for seventeen of them. I I don't know if that's the number, but it was a lot. He was there for a long time. Yeah. So yeah, right. you're so absolutely... some of these guys are going in not as like not as Patriots. Right. I I, I would agree with you. Where's Rodney Harrison's do? You telling me Rodney Harrison is no good? He should definitely be in the Hall of Fame. Terrell what? Davis. Terrell, I, I was saying this to Jeff. Terrell Davis is in the Hall of Fame, and he had, what, two really good seasons right. with the Broncos? Uh-huh. And now all of a sudden, he's in oh, but everybody likes him, so that's why he's in the Hall of Fame. Because right. uh, over the last, over the, the early 2000s with the, a spy gate, and I understand that, and we're not bringing that up, but I'm just, because of that, and because the NFL has brought that up, they're, they're relinquishing what the Patriots have done and some of the players, how sensational they were defensively, what they did on the field, and, and taking away the opportunity to see some of these guys make it to the Hall of Fame. Well, right. All I'm saying, all I was saying was I was trying to compare apples to apples, yeah, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. The Patriots won three out of four, and then later they won some more, like two out of three or whatever it was, right? If you look at all the teams that had great runs, right, because it was the 49ers, and then they passed the baton to – the Cowboys, who, I mean, it seemed like every year one of those teams was winning, right? right. And, and if you look at those teams, everybody is in from those teams. Every one of them. They're all in, right? It's, it, there's literally six or seven guys from each of those teams that made it in. If you look at the great Steelers dynasty of the 70s, Franco Harris, Terry Bradshaw, Lynn Swan, a bunch of guys from the defense, you know, Mean Joe Green, all those, the list goes on and on, Right. 
they dominated their era. Are you going to tell me Ty Law's the only one worthy? Mm. Mm-hmm. I, you wonder, too, because Tyler did bring this up earlier, you wonder if they play too much of the rotational and team football now that maybe a lot of their like top, top guys are the only ones that are going to get in. Obviously, Brady will get in, Gronk will get in, guys like that for sure. But you're Taylor right. Jones is going to get well, in. They're, but, but they're not part of uh, Brady, okay? But when you talk about Will Fork and you talk about Gronk, those guys came in the league in the mid 2000s 2008 2009 like things like that they're not part of the 2001 2002 2003 teams oh so this is a grudge specifically with that team i think it is like the whole hole with the Patriots. well no we'll we'll see we'll see like like listen the guys from the patriots now they we still need to wait and see and watch them retire and uh wait the five years and see what happens but you can't tell me from from the first part of the dynasty when they win three out of four super bowls and then they go on a run and they're in the playoffs every year you're going to be like no, Ty Law, and that's it. Well, well, where's Lawyer Malloy? Lawyer Malloy is another. Lawyer Malloy is one of the most underrated safeties of all time. Lawyer Malloy was one of the most dominant players in his position at that time. I agree. Yeah, he was probably top five his entire career. But we. This but, is what. I, but it's not but just no the Patriots. About this. It's not just the Patriots either. We've seen this in a lot of sports. We've seen this over and over again. What the NBA? You know who's going to the Hall of Fame? Everybody. You know that? No, not everybody. Oh, the, the, everybody. The top two players on each team usually make it to the Hall of Fame, especially if they're elite. And then, and then you talk about the NHL. You practically know if you score 500 goals or you're close to 500 goals and you have over 1,000, you know, 1,200 points, you're, you're, you're getting into the Hall of Fame. But with the NFL, you don't know. You can have, you can have 70 sacks as a, a corner, and if you're not a liked player by the Hall of Fame uh, you know, voters, you're not getting into the Hall of Fame. And, and, and to me, it ruins baseball, too. You, no, you don't baseball's know, the worst. You don't, They're the harshest. You, sure. you, don't, you don't know who's getting in with the Hall of Fame. This guy, you have CC Sabathia, that's guy, he has 280 wins or whatever, 270 wins, but he's going to get in over um, somebody, you know, somebody else that has 200 and, 250, 260 wins that was more dominant with a better ERA right. and better whip. It doesn't right. make any sense. And that's why you have to, you got to come to that. That understanding of who makes it in and what makes sense as a running back, as a wide receiver, as an offensive lineman. And by the way, how many offensive linemen get into the Hall of Fame? Barely any. And all the offensive line and the defensive lines are the two most and very important parts of the game of football. The trenches. And they, they none of them make it. How many times do you see an offensive lineman go to the Hall of Fame? Please tell me. I mean, very, very I mean th- think about think about this for, for a second. There are more players. Uh, from the Bills teams that lost four straight Super Bowls in the Hall of Fame than there are from the Patriots teams that won three out of four. doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. Well, look at Randy Moss. Randy Moss, to me, was a bigger distraction to football than Terrell Owens was, and he didn't get punished at all. He was a first ballot Hall of Famer, and everyone no, awarded no, no, no way was Randy Moss a bigger distraction. He, wasn't. he was a much better No, team. stop If you get a criminal Owens. record... You're a bigger distraction oh. than somebody that sits in your driveway and does curl ups. That's that's dude, ridiculous. Dude, he did. Terrell Owens destroyed teams with his personality. He did. He People did. love Randy, and Moss. I love Terrell. People Owens, love Randy Moss. I, I disagree. I, I'd rather have a guy that's a little emotional than a guy that goes out there a and gets a little arrested. emotional. Terrell, he Owens? mooned a whole city. Uh, okay. First, first of all, yeah. first of all, this is this is this is what's funny about that. Yeah, I know hey, the fans did yeah. it before the game. Whatever, the fans aren't all, millionaires. 
No, hold on. He, this is what, this is why you're ridiculous. He, he faked mooning. He didn't pull down his pants and show his ass. He faked mooned them because that's what those fans do to him. So you're everyone with a brain knows what the message is. A player keeping his clothes on is somehow obscene. You're everyone with a brain who has common sense knows what the message means. He told an entire city, kiss my ass. Oh my God. Oh oh my God. He mooned them. Dude, I was six years old hanging my ass out the window of a school bus mooning people. It was (laughs) that's great. Terrell Owens never did that. He stood in the middle of a star. Oh my God. Call the police. He, he stood in the Wait, middle of the star and showed the one star twice. rating. Twice. <laughs> he stood in the middle of the star and showed the on, uh, the Cowboys Ty- Tyler, one star you, rating, Jeff. Uh, Tyler, do you seriously it's, think? This is this is you, what's so funny about this is Tyler rails against the sensitivity of people and millennials don't know. And you're going to get super sensitive and butthurt over someone fake. No, you I'm not sensitive. I don't care. Oh, hold on. Hold on, Sleepy. Hold on, Sleepy. Hold on, Sleepy. Hold on, Sleepy. So here we go with this, right? First of all, I don't care what players do on the field. I don't really care. I could care less. If he flipped them all off, I wouldn't care. But here's the thing. Call a spade a spade. Terrell Owens wasn't liked because he says I'm better than you and I know it. And Randy Moss was having a good time and he had the catchy one-liners with the straight cash, homie. Come on, man. Stop being an ignorant swine right now. Uh, Get your head out of your ass and really have a conversation here. You know Randy Moss was ratings and Terrell Owens wasn't. That's why Moss got in and Owens didn't. It had nothing to do with him. Owens did get in, but good for you. Well, no, Owens wasn't ratings because he was a team obliterator. Good way to skill skip Bayless. But Owens did get in, so your point is what? Randy Moss got in on one shot. Never had to sweat it. He and Terrell Owens had to wait what three years. Dude, Dude. in is in. Dude. Nobody he got cares. in on his third in shot. That's in. three years. Second year, he in, came in his second. In, year. In, in, in is in. Nobody cares. He got in. He's a top three wide receiver. No question that he undoubtedly. Is. No, no. That's incredibly petty and disrespectful also, to a top three a wide receiver. Is Tom Brady going to wait for being a Trump supporter? Hell no. Tom Brady's going to get it on the first shot because no one's going to care that Tom Brady was a Trump supporter. Tom Brady also won seven Super Bowls. Okay, that's great. Terrell Owens is a top three wide receiver all time. You think Larry Fitzgerald's going to wait? No. This is the thing. You're trying to compare like people hate Trump supporters. No, people hate it if you ruin teams, which is what Terrell Owens did. People like Tom Brady because they don't care about his politics. He's a good teammate. That's that's, that's fantastic. What care about in the Terrell Lombard. Owens was Are also a good teammate. For every nay say you have, you have a yay say. Like, stop. You weren't in the locker room, and neither was I. So I'm going to go with the players, and if I hear a 50-50 split, the media loves attention, and they love hate, and that's the problem. I love Terrell Owens, and I, everybody that knows me, I'm a Philadelphia fan under the Jets. I've always rooted on Philadelphia. I've and never I'm, heard that. I'm a huge Donovan McNabb fan. Everybody I never that, knew that. Oh, yeah, I'm huge. And when I met He's him in Miami. He's bum. Yeah, well, I, I've always been a fan of him. I met him in Miami. We had a lot of fun. We had a lot of laughs over there in Miami at the Super Bowl. But I, I, I will say this. Terrell Owens was an absolute cancer in the locker room. And, and Randy Moss... Even all the things that he's done to the fans outside the field. Randy Moss, nobody has ever said Randy Moss wasn't a good uh, teammate. Pa- Chad Pennington came out and they played they played college ball together for Marshall. And he said Randy Moss was Randy Moss was a great teammate. A great teammate. Okay. Randy, Randy Moss. You've never heard anyone say that about so- Terrell Owens? 
No. R- Randy Moss true. used to throw parties for people. Randy Moss is famous for going to Bill Belichick and inviting him to his Halloween party. He was like, we don't get to go out during the year. Randy Can Moss is an Halloween? analyst on ESPN. Where is Terrell right. Owens? <laughs> Imagine trying to come back. To Bill Belichick. Imagine going to Bill Belichick and being like, hey, man, do you want to come to my costume party? We're all going roller skating. Randy Moss paid for everything and got Bill Belichick on roller skates. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame for that. Ben says, Reggie isn't as a Packer, not as an Eagle, even though he was an Eagle longer. Snug says, so now we have a rainy cloud and a snowflake on the show. And in seven years, I've never heard about a love for Philly, including when they won the Super Bowl. And by the way, by the way, that doesn't take away what I think about Terrell Owens is the better wide receiver over Randy Moss. But the better, but the better teammate, the better teammate is Randy Randy Moss Moss. by far, by far, by far. It's not even close. I mean, we all forget the Oakland years. Did you ever hear Terrell Owens? I think the Raiders quit on a team. Did you ever hear Terrell Owens and what he said about all the teams? He he went every single team he ever played for. I was the best player on the team. He was not the best player on the team in San Francisco after Jerry Rice retired. He was absolutely the best player on that offense. But he wasn't the best player. Absolutely, who was? He wasn't the best player on the team. Who is? Uh, First of all, Steve Young was the uh, Jerry Rice. Uh, Yeah, he wasn't there. No, Jerry Rice retired. Yeah, and Steve Young was also gone. It was him and. Um, at the end Jeff of Garcia. his yeah, at the end of his San Francisco I mean, career, you're, you're, you're really in Philly. Away from the he point. was the best player. Really, you're really getting yeah. away from the. Point I know here. your boys are really Don getting... McNabb, but let's be honest. He Talent got tired wise, yes. and he forgot the rules. Talent wise, yes. Okay, then. and Donovan McNabb was the better player on that team. But you're really getting away from the point, which which more was all of of all the dominant teams. If you go across the board, the Packers when the NFL started, the Steelers in the seventies, the um, Niners of the 80s, the Cowboys of the 90s. Yes, I'm giving the Cowboys credit. Needs. <laughs> oh, man, he just rolled over in his grip. <laughs> By yeah, the way, the, we never brought the, up the Cowboys at all in any of those interviews. <laughs> no, they, the other people for, did. For, I got a couple of new nicknames that I'm waiting to lay on the beef, too. <laughs> they were very funny, by the way. Very funny. Yeah, the Prince of Potato Salad, right? <laughs> Do or, the other one. or the Sultan, or the Sultan of Coleslaw. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best one. Wait, who's Coastal? <laughs> you don't get it, do you? I have no idea. I'm really not listening to he, Jeff. He runs a deli. He runs a deli. <laughs> Who runs a deli? The Beef. Beef. Oh, that's a he's shame. the Sultan of Coleslaw. <laughs> oh man. Oh stop! I I have fun. I I like to laugh at it, but he the Beef is one of my boys. So I, yeah, I, you got to claim him. He's the Duke of the Deli. <laughs> the Duke of the Deli. <laughs> <laughs> He's the Dak of snack. <laughs> and obviously, Snug says, hashtag the Prince of Potato Salad. <laughs> I don't know. That might be giving him too much no, credit. I like the Sultan of Coleslaw. Hey, hey, hey. Don't hate Potato Salad. No, no, no. Don't hate Potato I Salad. I said it giving him, not Potato oh, Salad. Oh, oh. <laughs> the Sultan of Coleslaw was the But that was more the point, right, was of all the dominant teams in the league, you get six or eight guys from every team that get in. Snug says right? he's the if... captain of cold cuts. <laughs> Yo, oh, ex- see, we're we're gonna be right, but this, but you know, like this is my point. And even if you count Brady on that early team and Bennett Terry, you're at three. There's, there's got to be an offensive lineman that deserves in. to be in. I'm trying to think. I yeah. gotta imagine there's a tackle on that team that wants to has should yeah, be. Yeah, there was a bunch of them, Dan Conley and guys like that. There was a bunch of really good players. But they, you don't see any of them on the ballot. How far back do Light and Mankins go? 
Mankins should absolutely Logan, be. Logan Mankins just retired a couple of years ago. Okay. So he would be probably coming up on the ballot in this a year, year or two. next year, yeah. He's definitely right, but he was only in the league like ten years or something. I'm not even sure he was on those teams. Okay. Yeah, that's why I was asking you how far back, back they 20 go. Years. That's why I was wondering how far back they went because obviously you're a Patriots fan. You know all that a little bit that more. Uh, with their I with get their blurry on when what guy was there when. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Tom Brady's going to play after his teammates get inducted into the Hall of Fame. Snack says, the oh, yeah. Snack says the beef is the chief of cheese and the tickler of turkey. <laughs> no, he's the tickle tickler of pickles. He's the give it, he's the gobbler of gobbles. See all, all we know is one one one, one thing is true. One, one thing is true about the beef when he runs a deli, he's just baloney. <laughs> oh, Speedy, good try. Wow, good try. Good try. Give him credit. You got to give him credit. That was a good try. Uh, as you guys know, you can actually call the. You, if you guys want to call the other line, it's 631 965 And uh, obviously, uh, Jeff is on the 631 number. Um, Jeff. But I, I just think it's ridiculous that those teams were as dominant as they were, and we're all just sitting around going, oh, Ty Law, and that's it. I, Doesn't I, that I, seem ridiculous? I, I, they won I said three it. out of four Super Bowls and dominated the league for, for eight years. And I and said the best it. you can come up with is one dude. I agree with you. I, I absolutely agree with you, especially when you when you look at uh, the team like the Patriots. But there are other teams. We've seen it. Uh, now, what I don't understand, we've seen San Francisco. We've seen the Cowboys. All the top teams of their era. The Patriots, they're the top team of that era. And there's only maybe a handful of players that are probably going to get in from those Patriots. I understand people hated the Patriots. And winning makes but you hate them. that's what it's become. Yeah. It's become... It, they were, they've become too successful, and now everybody hates them and forgets how good some of these people were. Mm-hmm. I, like I said, Vince Wilfork, and I was telling you this, I, he's an absolute Hall of Famer. But is he going to get into the Hall of Fame? I, who knows? Wait, but Vince, I don't think he even came into the league and, until like No, 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 I'm not even talking about it. I'm, I'm just saying that Vince Wilfork, in his career, if I were to choose whenever he becomes, he becomes available to be a Hall of Famer, I think he's a Hall of Famer. The other thing that hurts him, unfortunately, is just because he was a nose tackle. He wasn't that flashy type guy that gets all the sacks. And they even when he went to Houston, he was still really good. I know that. That's my point. He still was the most dominant nose tackle in the league for right, years. But that's, but this is, right, but this is the thing, right? is the fact you know a nose tackle's name should tell you right. something. Exactly. And I for Dude, name name the Bears nose tackle right now. <laughs> it's beating you probably. You can't it's do it, but Eddie everyone Goldman. knows Aaron. It's Eddie Goldman. You can't right. You can't do it, but everyone knows Aaron Donald because he's the best. And right. that's exactly how to look at Vince Wilfork. Right. A lot of those nose tackles, even in the past as well, gotten forgotten just because they don't have those sack numbers that are going to say, all right, right, these guys have the wow numbers to get in the Hall of Fame too. Now, some of those guys got the sack numbers back because they actually just changed the stats where a lot of the the sack numbers that started in 1982 now went back to the 60s, uh, right around the merger area, and some of them have gotten them back. But obviously some, some other guys like Vince Wilfork, who played in that whole sack era, still is not going to get that recognition for being the just right. most dominant run stop. <laughs> right, but th- but think about this. Anyone ever can only name four nose tackles. We know Vince Wilfork because he was good, right? We know Indomitian Sue just because he stomped on somebody. Right? He's, we know were... He's a Hall of Famer. Right. Sue? We... Sue is not a Hall of Famer. Yes, he is. No, he's not. I bet you he gets we, it. We, no, he's not. We, we, know, we, we know Albert Hainsworth because of gun charges, mm-hmm. and we know and Aaron that contract because he's the best. Mm-hmm. Right. And right, and we know our, we, anyone can only ever name four. 
right? Those are the four. No one else knows another nose tackle. And no one should. But that's how good Vince Wilfork was. Everybody knows him. And he looks pretty damn good in a pair of cowboy boots and overalls. Did you see that hard knock? Yeah. <laughs> and not for nothing, he smokes up some pretty good ribs. Yeah. Now you're talking. Well, and, and you I... You smoke... Oh. He smoked up ribs. Oh. Tyler, you're fat. You should know what that is. <laughs> then again, maybe by the not. Way, by the, the way, the, you the smoking think... process takes too long. There's no drive. By the way, you think Adamic and Sue is a Hall of Famer. You think Adamic and Sue is a Hall of Famer. What? You think Adam... I think he should get in. No, no way. 64 he was a, sacks? He was, he was, 64 sacks? He, was a def- he played for the Lions. Yeah, he played for the Lions. He's if not... he went to any other team, that's 112. You're out, of, you're out of your mind. First of all, he's not getting into the Hall of Fame. Uh, uh, 64 sacks. He's not even amongst the league's top 1,000 percentile uh, when it comes to sacks. At his position, he should have over 100 if he's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's not even close. He has to have, as a DT, he has to probably have at least 90, I would imagine, to get it. He's in. not even close. I think he's going to get it. But nose tackles aren't sack people. Those are impressive right. numbers uh-huh. for a nose for tackle. A nose, for a nose, nose, pure nose tackle, yes. But Ndamukong Sue also played in 4-3 defenses in his career, too. I think the majority so, of So, so you're, penalizing, you're penalizing a guy for being athletic enough to do multiple things. Got it. No, no, no. I'm saying nose tackles are more prevalent when it comes to that's the 3 That's what Ndamukong Sue was. But that's what Ndamukong Sue was. He was a nose tackle. Okay, but he also had more and, pass and rush now you're go, But not really. He, he literally was guarded positions. by three or four men at a time. Yes, right. because and of the Lions. What, and this but... is what you're doing, right? But, but this is what you're doing. You're literally this doing what, what Jeff was just talking not to do. Right. This is, but this is what you're doing, right? You're penalizing him because... He was so athletic, he could play multiple positions, but he was a nose tackle, right? Which you are saying, yeah, he was a nose tackle. But then you don't want to give him credit for 64 So, so Jeff, you Six. think you think he's a Hall of Famer at Dominican Sue? Honestly. Yes. You're crazy. Yes. I don't think so. I think he can no. get yes. there. I just think he needs a certain more amount to get in. Usually, there are so many nose tackles that should be in the Hall of Fame way over Dominican Sue. And, and the fact By that who? you think that... I, I, there are a lot. I guarantee you. I, I, I'm not going to pull it out there of my head. There are a lot. There are Doesn't a lot. name a single one. I, obviously, I'm bringing there it up. There are a lot. Doesn't there. name a single one. Yeah, well, Jeff, I don't have to name. I told you Klecko should be a Hall of Famer as a defensive end. Is he in the Hall of Fame? No. And Klecko is a much better defensive player than Adamic and Sue at his position. They played two different positions uh, and two different styles it doesn't, of football. It doesn't matter. He came from... What uh, do you mean it doesn't matter? Klecko was the best defensive player in the Sue league. Sue was the best play. defensive no, player no, for wasn't. three years. He was never the best defensive You're player. You're crazy. No, he wasn't. You're crazy. He wasn't even the but best defensive player. The Detroit Lions won seven games a year simply because the Dominican oh, Sioux oh, oh, was on their oh, defensive really? squad. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, really? Name another that's player for that defense. team. That's why they're another defense. defensive that's player. That's because their defense was ranked you 30, spit, you 30, can yell. 28, Name me another defensive player. Where, was it? Where were they ranked when he was on the team? Well, considering he was triple and quadruple teamed at a time. Get out of here, Tyler. Get out of here, name another Tyler. Name another Tyler, Lions defender here, on the whole team. He was team. good at stepping on Aaron Rodgers' face. That's pretty much Tyler, it. You're, Tyler, you're smart enough to be able to recognize what Errol just did because it's classic Errol. Na- Errol, Nicole name another De- Detroit the, Lion teammate besides Matt Stafford the, that played on the team. The, uh, Robert Quinn, right? Wasn't he there? No, he played with Sue on the Rams for, I think, a year, but that was uh, it. But you're missing what Errol just did because it's classic Errol, right? He goes... There are plenty of nose tackles that should be in and Dominican Sue. Names a defensive end. Mm. 
I didn't, first of all, you can't name for, a nose tackle, for, though, for, can you? For, first of all, first of all, Jeff, you like to bring me up in a conversation and try to throw freaking curveballs. No, I'm we bring up, you just we did. bring up a thing, no, and we bring up a conversation at Dominic and Sue, and then all of a sudden you want me to just pull it out of my head to name players. If you want me to go look at numbers and go out of no, nose tackles, yes, I would probably take fifty nose tackles but over. I'll Dominic put the money on that one. Out, really? I'm just pointing out. I guarantee you, you don't I get will, fifty. I will go look at the top nose tackles in the last twenty. Years. I guarantee you that I take over twenty of them over him. But uh, I'm just I'm just laughing money on at that what too. you did yeah. because you went. There are plenty of nose tackles that should be ahead, and then you named a defensive end, which is not the point you were trying to make. So Aaron Donald's going to be the first name he says, right? Aaron Donald will be the name. Okay, that's one. That means he needs to find eighteen other, nineteen other guys. There's no way on the interior line. Maybe snacks. Maybe. Snacks is not a Hall of Famer. No, over Sue, I'm saying. Ben says Sue is not there yet. And Stokes says, What do you mean not there yet? His career's almost over. He's not a Hall of Famer. He's got maybe two years left. No, but I think Ben has a point, though, because Tampa, what he worked with in Tampa's defense this year was very good. He actually kind of rebirthed his game, especially when uh, when Vea got hurt. He actually played He's very well. He's always been that good. The problem is he played in freaking Detroit. Where he had three or four offensive linemen oh, so, blocking just uh, him. Oh, so it, it, because he played I mean, in he's Detroit. Got a ple- he's got a pretty complete career, right? Because he suffered in Detroit. He played great there. He was the star of the team. He was dominant. He wasn't the star position. of the team. He went to L.A. because Detroit gave up on him. He was the star of the team. He was not the star of the team. It was in Miami Matthew, in between. Matthew Stafford right, right, was the star right, of Miami. the team. Matthew Stafford, Calvin Johnson was the star of the team. Yes, yes. Calvin Johnson, Matthew yes. Stafford was a better, Matthew Stafford is a way better player at his position I than Adonis I agree Kinsu. with you. He was the star I of the team. I agree with you, except I believe Sue was there well before Stafford. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. Stafford got there after him, no. before Stafford him? was drafted one year before Sue. Mm-hmm. One was the first overall pick, one was the second. So shows the shows the credentials of the Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. I... I mean, I think he's a pretty damn good player. Well, he's not a Hall of Famer, and and I'm telling you, he's not going to get into the Hall of Fame. So, and I, he's not there yet, and and I, I'll, I'll I tell can't you. name another nose tackle with 64 sacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, first Ooh, of all, and you and before, Speedy, and before and before Speedy says, "Well, he played in other positions." Stop knocking a dude because he can do more than one thing. No, no, no. I'm saying for the scheme, he's not a pure nose tackle. Pure nose tackle is like Vince Wilfork. I mean, he wasn't. Wouldn't that help his case? Clogging up the middle on But wouldn't that help his case? He's not even under. He's not even under nose tackle. He's under defensive tackle. So he's not even a nose tackle. So, but uh, that's what they're just calling that position. That's fine. But but it's he's a defensive tackle. He's not a nose tackle. He's not under nose tackle. But that's what Vince Wilfork is too. It's a nose tackle. You're the guy in the middle. But it is easier though to get sacks in a four-three defense as a DT than a three-four defense. I mean, uh, Vince Wilfork is under nose tackle. So it, 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 he is not a nose tackle. He's a defensive tackle. And that even throws it even more of a curveball because he's really not a nose tackle. So it, he, to me, uh, again, I, I'm just looking at what they say in football reference. And he is oh, not. But, yeah, but you can't go by that because LeBron James is a point guard and he's not listed as a point guard. He's a that. point guard. What you guys did a couple weeks ago. Yeah, he and he is under point guard. Go look at what LeBron James is listed under. No, it under. says point forward is what you said. No, no, says, no right? it says so point, still guard. point guard. No, LeBron James has multiple positions and he is under point guard. He absolutely is. Go. Go look. 
Go look at basketball reference. He is. Success that is way easier in a 2-7 defense. Well, that would be that would be quite an experiment of any NFL uh, football coach at any level for that matter. I mean, I think I should deserve a little bit of credit for giving the Cowboys their, their props to yes, I I'm think I should surprised. just get a pat on the back for that. <laughs> yeah. LeBron James' position. I didn't take a single small shot forward, at any of the Power forward, point guard, and shooting guard. He's at all those positions. So he oh, was so under, they're going to list him at everything. No, he's not. He's not under center. He's Wait under four different positions. What? He's a what? He's a shooting guard? He's, that's so he that's ridiculous. Those, it's, 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 a, it's amazing how he, he doesn't shoot that positions. much. Really? He doesn't shoot that so, much? So it's just him and Anthony Davis on the floor because he's their starting point guard, shooting guard, power forward, and, and shoot. And Jeff, that's not forward. what we're saying. He is under those positions because he's played those positions in numerous games. Again, you're always trying to throw a curveball because that's that's – what Jeff likes to do. He likes to throw curveballs and Anthony bring up Davis and try to make up, floor, try LeBron, to argue a point LeBron. that makes no sense. And you Joe McCoy in the Hall of Fame to you? Is Joe McCoy Hall of Famer? No. No, I don't think he is. No, Sue's definitely better than McCoy in his, his career. No, I don't McCoy think doesn't have the same longevity I don't think, Sue's had. I don't think Gerald McCoy is a Hall of Famer, no. Yeah, as soon as Gerald McCoy uh, started to fall today, he kind of fell off. Yeah. He had a great five-year run, right. six-year run, but that's about it. Yeah. Yeah, Sue's at least had some some good longevity. This last year with Miami and last year in the game with Tampa playing in mostly a 3-4 defense. He won a Super Bowl. Sacks. Can't say that for Gerald McCoy. Mm, that is true. Well, t- you I, know, the, yeah, I guess the resume is there for Indominus. It really is. <laughs> it's a complete resume when you look at it. I, I don't. He's not going to be a Hall of Famer. I guarantee you he won't. You know, because the other guy that we got into the conversation, too, about earlier, Errol, was Julian Edelman. Mm-hmm. Should Julian Edelman be in? Yes. And I say, because, if you're not putting Julian Because of what Edelman he's done in, in the playoffs. But what he's done in the but playoffs. It, but it doesn't matter. He's doing it. Right? Everyone's just, because everyone's going to knock him and say, oh, he doesn't have the mm. wide receiver numbers. Right? But he's got touchdown passes in the playoffs. He's got, you know, he ran the ball. He played defense. He was also a punt returner. But everyone only wants to call him a wide receiver. And just so you know, I'm looking at Gerald McCoy's numbers. He's not too far from Adamic and Sue. Right, but played, Gerald McCoy never played, was a focal and, and point for a defense. That's fine. And he also plays on – he also played in less games. So, uh, again – His that's career why, is over now. Uh, that's fine. Looking for a job. You're, you're and Sue talking, just won a Super Bowl. That, that's fine. Sue won a Super Bowl because he plays with a great team and he played with – He played with sure the coach. He's not looking for a job. Gerald McCoy is too looking for a job. Didn't oh, he just go to L.A. yesterday? The Raiders just brought him in like two days ago. I think he's on a team. but They haven't uh, announced it yet. Again, Gerald McCoy played in like 15, 20 less games, and he almost has the same amount of sacks, same amount of tackles. So Dominic Kitsu is not too far off, and he's played in more games. So, and I don't, and With I both of them. Coverage. Both, both of No, that's not true. Joe, why if you're you, single you, teamed and just, somebody else is triple teamed, you're, you're and he's played more games. Your, you're as lost as your Rangers segments, okay? You're, you're so uh, lost. The Rangers have the best goalie. The I Rangers have the that. best defense. Nope, the nope. Rangers, I didn't say da, 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 I said in da, New York. Da, 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 da. No, they don't. Don't. The, the Islanders are way better than the As Rangers. a team, yes. No, they have better As a players. Team, they have absolutely. better players. Better coach, yeah, better GM, better sure. players, Better players. Better all-around players. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's not even close. The Islanders are a much better team than I, I completely close. agree that they play better as a team. By no. the way, Gerald McCoy is signed. He is signed by the Raiders. McCoy is a Raider. I love this no whole way, argument, really. too. Jesus. What, what, what a great argument that you make when you go, 
They're not a better team. They may have had a better record, but we're much better than them. What a novel argument it is when you finish 20 games behind them and you're like, yeah, only because they play better together. That's what a team is, fuckstick. So let me get this straight. If the talent is overwhelmingly front six on one side, right, because I know you're going to bring up Barzell's name, okay, outside of Barzell, the next, if you listed the top ten players, right, I would venture to say the Rangers probably have seven of the top ten. Really? Yes. Really? Do right. You know the, the Islanders have the but way better defensive what, but pairing. But do you know what you're doing? Way better. You know what you're That's, doing. Fine. Yeah, Pelic, That's fine. That's uh, fine. Yeah, they play Pulek, together. Yeah. You, you you know, as a team, but they play is, better but as a whole. player doesn't mean anything. I understand do you not get that? that. This is what's I understand funny about this that. argument. This is what's funny about the argument is you're doing the same thing as your twin brother, the Beeb, does when he goes, oh, the Cowboys, though, they have so much talent on paper. Guess what? They don't play the games on paper. They play them on ice, stupid. I understand. I understand, Miami Vice. I get it. The Islanders are like a top four team in the NHL, and the Rangers are a, a bottom feeder. And they're, never they're not a bottom I, feeder. Bottom, now would, now you're being would, crazy. A bottom feeder. And I would agree feeder. with you, Tyler. And I would agree with you, Tyler, that probably as far as top-end talent goes, the Rangers have the better deal of it with Panarin and Zabinajad and Fox. They're not as deep as, like, the top-end talent. But that team – very seriously, is four lines deep, and they're very, they're very. Good I on agree. Those four they're lines. a more guys, complete team. Yeah. Yes, yes. Right. So that that's why Chris Drury's doing the job he's doing. He's adding depth oh, and that, toughness. That, yes. that would mean they're better. They're a better team. You trying to argue that the Rangers are? I, did, I didn't say that. I said they had more team. talent. That's what I said, and he refuses to acknowledge that. They don't have better talent. They have three. They have three good players, and the Islanders have better talent. They have a better overall talent. Three good players. Three good. That's it. That's all they got. Three. That's it. Who are these three? We just named them. We just named them. That's what we named them. So the only three good players on the Rangers. Yes. Uh, Compared to the Islanders and what the talent is, Zabinajad, yeah, Panarin, and Fox. That's it. That's, That's all it. I would want on my team. Right. That's all I would but, want but on my team. Over who? You know, but, Everyone on the team not named Barzell, right? Uh, what are you talking about, Barzell? What are you so, talking about? You I, I would just... substitute those three guys with anyone on the team, right? Not named Barzell. Don't I'll you leave Barzell does, alone? Doesn't does, does it not sink, sink into your head? How many times do we have to hear about your Rangers? Oh, the Rangers. You is, brought Rangers up the that, Rangers. No, because you're an idiot. You're an idiot that still honestly thinks that the Rangers are a good organization and they're a good run team. No, we're not a good run team. I never said we were a good run team. They're never going to win a Stanley Cup in the next I mean, 50 what years. Did you expect that, what did you expect, though, Errol? Did you really ask him a question expecting common sense from the person that walked into a barbershop and asked for that haircut? <laughs> Can we get a photo of Jeff? Can you can you imagine like walking into a barbershop? Can you it's like can arguing you arguing with Casper? Frank, can you imagine walking into a barbershop yeah. and saying to barber, "Make my head look like Alex Smith's leg"? <laughs> what? Wow! <laughs> you know what's hysterical? Jeff just went there. You know what's hysterical though? <laughs> this ballless bastard will never give us a photo. You know why? Because I guarantee you, we I would rip him to pieces. But he's going to sit here, he's going to have all the confidence as an internet gangster would, and he's just going to be, ho, 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 well, at least I don't look like that, because he's got no real balls. So what that's do they call fine. that? Is that the mis- what do they See? call that? Is that the Mr. Burns on the chart? <laughs> See? 
You Jeff. ask for the Mr. Burns? See? Go in here. You know why I'm ignoring hey, him? Because I just called this me. whole segment. I just called the rest of this whole segment. Snug says LeBron. He walks in. He's like, he, he walks in. He's like, hey, Bob, give it, give me the look that makes it seem like I've been in the ICU for a month. See? <laughs> See? See? Snug says LeBron throws it up and alley-oop to LeBron who stuffs it home. Barzal is a bum and everyone knows it. Hashtag Lyle. No, I didn't even say Barzal's a bum. Barzal's a top. No, he's just being a smart ass. Five player in uh, no. New York. Top listen, ten player listen, probably. Even... Li- listen, let, let, me, let me explain. Barzal's going to light it up. This, this Tarasenko deal goes through. Barzal's going to light it up. No, Barzal's going to have a 100-point season. I get it. And then he's going to drive, or I'm sorry, skate right out of New York like every star does. Yeah, okay. Okay, that, that, that just shows uh, you how dumb wear, you are. Will he wear Maple Leaf pajamas before he does it? I hope so. That'd be freaking hysterical. You know what's so, you know what's so funny about Tyler? He, he oh, here loves, he goes. I heard his he feelings. Loves to, I heard his no, feelings. He loves, his big star is going to leave. He loves, he loves to take shots and always brings... Yeah. He always brings the he always brings mm. up the Islanders trying to take shots at the Islander organization. You brought maybe, up the Rangers. Maybe you should just look in the mirror and just worry about the Rangers and where they're going, which is nowhere. They got rid of John Davidson, which makes no sense. I they agree him, with are you. you. Asking, are you asking him to look in the mirror and be reminded of that haircut? Seriously, <laughs> horrific. <laughs> Did you just get done like swallowing a load or something? Why does your voice sound like that? Uh, Are you I all right? I probably smoke about three packs of Marlboros a day. Oh, all right. Well, that explains it. <laughs> Just saying, my grandpa's dead, and he has a better voice than that. Like, what are you doing? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you should have buried that haircut with him. I mean, I could have. <laughs> I could have. I could have. But why? It you need, like you you need to feel like a man to. somehow. And if making my haircut somehow makes you feel like a man, then I need to do that for you. That's <laughs> what a friend would <laughs> do. You need to feel like I a mean, man somehow. So go ahead. It it looks like you had a taxidermist work on that head. <laughs> That's what it looks like. Did I not say that he wasn't going to address what I said and he was just going to keep making snotty remarks? <laughs> Can we go back to that? Exactly. Exactly. Thank you, though, for making me look like me, I was what, right again. What do you again. want me to address? What do you want what? me to address? Listen, what man, do why don't you come on here uh, like a video feed and we can see what the real great handsome Jeff looks like. Because the hey, way listen, you talk, you I'm, better look like freaking Mario Lopez or something. Because you act like you're dude, a model. You did, and the it, fact it, of the matter all, is, I don't know. All, I'm not. You know what's funny is I'm not even good looking. Arrow scene pictures, but a split screen with you, I would look like Mario Lopez. You are horrific. <laughs> maybe. Maybe not. I guarantee you I can poke a few holes in your Swiss cheese. <laughs> you, you look like you've just spent time in the burn ward. I did. I did. Robert Moses is hot out here. Oh my God! The head of a burn victim. <laughs> I actually have like third degree burns on my back, so thank you. They're actually not wrong for one. I know you didn't plan on being right tonight, but boy, God, you actually stumbled upon it. Jeff, are you surprised that going into baseball? Are you surprised that the Yankees have won eleven games in a row? Honestly, no. Really? No, I t- no, I told you they're n- they weren't that far away. They went and got the pieces that I suggested years ago. They went and got, and all of a sudden they play good, right? And and by the way, it's so funny because Joey Gallo, since the trade deadline, is the worst hitter on the team. Tyler Wade is all all of a sudden a star. Luke Voigt is Superman. Like all it took yeah, was Joey a Gallo's little motivation for these guys to play better. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised because. 
I, to me, I thought they they should have been sellers. I, I, I don't want to hear anything out of you. Back. You said they were I did, done. I did. I did. Not still not going to win. I did. That it doesn't matter. I did. I, I did. I absolutely did. And and I I eat up my words because I Brian Cashman made two trades and it completely changed this this team and, and the thought of this team. Oh, it's don't amazing. forget Andrew Heaney. Who? Exactly. I think I think the kid, uh, the Gill kid, uh, their fourth best prospect has been sensational. And uh, four straight, like four straight or something like that. Yeah, he has yeah, heel four straight heel or yeah, Gil, four straight scoreless start scoreless starts for him. It's unbelievable, and uh, and he's the fourth best prospect in the Yankees. Uh, now I still think they're going to have problems when course. it comes to the playoffs because pitching is going to be an issue. Relief, I think. relief. I think they're <clears throat> not even starting pitching. I don't think they have the starting pitching to, they to don't. go with some of these things. Well, Kluber's coming back. Oh, sure. Kluber's coming oh, back. Oh, God. I, I, and I'm and Savarino and his magic shoulder. Savarino's not coming back. Uh, there stories coming out that he's not coming back for the rest of the season. So, Good, so get right, which which is another thing you were wrong about because you were like, just wait, Severino's coming back. Well, because well, back. nobody thought that his shoulder was going to go when in his uh, his uh, uh, I guess his what do they call it? His, UCL is no, his yeah. double Good A talk. practice or whatever. His throwing rehab start. Rehab start. He his. I mean, you're shoulder. literally just talking about the same medical staff that couldn't diagnose him in the first place. Of course, he's not. coming. No, he's not coming back, but Corey Kluber is going to be back, and I, I do. I, Corey Kluber and Garrett Cole as my one-two, that's not you pretty bad. You can't rely on him, dude. No, you, you can't. can't. rely on him. All right, the they, they, that's fine. Been, that's fine. And when, been riddled with injuries. And when, and when he is healthy, he's a good pitcher. And if he stays healthy. He's pretty healthy, good. No, yeah. he's right. But health is the concern. Oh, yeah, I, but I don't it, think that you can rely on him. Well, you still have 50 games left. If he can stay healthy and you're going to the players playoffs with Garrett Cole and Corey Kluber, you're in pretty good shape as a Yankee fan. No, okay? you need like two more guys. No, you don't. You need two to three pitchers. No, they really only roll with three pitchers yeah. that start. In That's the all you need. I understand. And I'm not trusting James Talion or Talion or whatever the hell. That's is. still an unknown. Montgomery, we haven't seen him Montgomery playoffs, was yeah. very good in the playoffs. He was the Yankees' best pitcher in the playoffs last year. So Montgomery yeah, as your well, third guy, that's uh, not pretty. It's a, a lefty, a pretty good lefty. That's pretty good. And he's pitching very well this year. He Montgomery. is pitching very well. So, the problem so, with Jordan Montgomery, though, is. What? What is it? That, that, I, that stadium, come October, when you get a team that's going to have guys that can Did you take hear what advantage. I just said? Yeah, I got it. He, I his numbers were pretty under, good I, in yeah, the playoffs last I understand. year. In that stadium. I get it. You also got to keep Aurelius Chapman away from firing guns. At That's what I'm worried about right there. It's the relief. That's what scares me. Not the starting pitching. It's the relief pitching and Aurelius Chapman. I don't trust him in, in in the ninth inning. I don't. And who do, who are you going to put? Zach Britton already came out and said he's not, he's not worthy enough to close. So who yeah. are you going to put there? Green? I, that's what worries me about the Yankees right there. Relief. Mm-hmm. Who is closing for the Yankees? Who's going to close out if you're up by two? And then I think you saw yesterday they almost cost up a game. Bases loaded. Uh, Chapman had to be pulled out of the game for them to win the game. That's what scares me. A role is Chapman. That's about it. I think Only the there Yankees... was a great reliever to be had in the trade deadline. I, uh, who? Crimble. Uh, Crimble. Uh, Kimble. Who's had his woes in the playoffs, though? That's too. fine. He's better than everybody we have now. 
again, uh, the Yankees gave up, uh, you know, a lot, you know, with all different prospects. I'm not great prospects, but to get Kimball, you're going to need to get, you're going to have to give up a top prospect. And I don't think the Yankees were willing to do that. What are the White Sox? Madrigal, who is a very good prospect. They're not going to give up a top prospect for Why? You have so many of them. They're none of No, they don't. You said it yourself. None of these guys are going to come play. None of the prospects So wait a minute. Hold on. The Yankees have four. Stop. The Yankees have four prospects they're not willing to get rid of. And they're, not, they're not giving Let's up. go back to the trade deadline oh, for a second. Here we go again. When everyone was praising Joey Gallo, who now can't hit a ball off a freaking tee if it was standing in front of him, or Anthony Rizzo's Still trade. Still a scary bat in that lineup. Not if he's not hitting, yeah. Errol. Yeah, you're, and he'll get if hot. If you gave him the stand. And he will get hot. He's okay. one of those That's pit. great. He's one of those hitters. He's a streaky hit. The whole team is one of those hitters. No, that's not true. Aaron I'm Judge sorry. is not a streaky hitter. Hitter, no, he's not. Right. Rizzo is not a streaky hitter when right. he's when he's. It, we've never seen him go from MVP to where the who? hell did Aaron Judge Who? go? Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge has Aaron disappeared. Judge. Aaron Judge for is, stretches of season. Aaron Judge is a career two seventy five hitter. That's a streaky. That's hitter? not. Yes, that's that's not a streaky hitter. No, it's not. You're you, insane. No, an average hitter in the major league, Speedy. What do they hit? An average, an average. hitter. An average. An average team. What do they hit? Oh, team! Is yeah, just yeah, an team. average team. What do they hit? I guess this year, this year, two thirty something, like two thirty, like yeah, two thirty. Okay, I guess in a regular oh, year, average in the team two thirty. Aaron Judge is a career two seventy five. A team and individual players is a huge, huge difference. Really? Yes. Really? Because on a team, you've got to account for the pitching's bad an average. average. You have team. to account for the guy that's a defensive specialist. Talking about specialist. American League, you idiot! I'm talking about the American League. An average the team pitcher still in hits the in the American League, Al Marks. Yeah, gets National League teams. That's it. An average. An That's also aver- too small of a sample to judge. An, an it average- still goes against the numbers, Speedy. Zero is zero. You know, first of all, first of all, first of all, an average hitter, if he's batting 275 career, that's a good hitter. That is I a didn't good say hitter. he wasn't good. Okay, that's a good hitter. Altuve is not a streaky hitter. I mean, you're you know who's not a streaky hitter on the Yankees? DJ LeMahieu is not a streaky hitter. Take this year out of it. You're missing a whole other concern for the Yankees. Managing? so many good players. No, they have so many good players now. They've put uh, Giancarlo Stanton in the field. His odds for injury have gone way up. No. Yes. No, not in right field. By the, not by, in right by field. By the way, your great, the greatest player in the league is what? Who? Mike Trout? Mike Trout. He's the greatest player by far. Oh, Do you know what you're going to take a bad you know, you know six-week stretch? You know, what his career, you know what his career at batting average is? Two ninety two. No, three oh five. So you're you're talking about you're you're talking about the best hitter in baseball, the best player in baseball to a guy that's a power well, Trout's strictly, not a streaky hitter. Strictly strictly power hitter is batting two seventy five career to this year two eighty seven. And you're telling me he's he's a streaky hitter. By the way, the two eighty seven is probably also inflating he's not, that. He's not I a think it was hitter. like two sixty. Tyler, years you're ago. out of your mind to say that Aaron My, Judge is a streaky. Stop hitter. comparing Aaron Judge to Mike Trout. First of all, first there of are two separate. First rounds. of all, I've never compared him what. Whatsoever. I'm saying that you're saying that a uh, Mike. What's Altuve's career hitting average? Altuve cheated. Okay. Oh, please. Okay. He did. He What's did. He, he's hitting like 330 now, right? You think this he's season, cheating now? Yeah, this, not 330, but he has hit well this season. 277 he's hitting right now. Oh, yeah, right now hitting. he's in 277. 277. This All right, year. so I'm just. He's had a bad second half thing because he wasn't 277. Right, he was hitting three. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, is he? Is, is you're telling me he's? What's his career bad average? You're telling me what's his not, career bad average? He cheated all those years. Uh, Errol, just give me the number. He cheated three oh eight. Yeah, he's a cheater. 
He came from he's a cheating a organization. He he's came a from a cheating okay. organization. All right. That's right. You know how many steroid users that. the Yankees have employed over the years to win World Series? You want to bring up cheating? The allegations have come out against the Yankees, too. That's fine. But, again, I'm talking about the teams that have been— He calls them cheaters, and you say it about the Yankees. Well, that's fine. Jeff, Jeff, again— I'm arguing my points right now because right now they're not cheaters, and Aaron Judge is co- considered a power hitter, and he's a two seven. He's a two eighty seven hitter. Who's not the best hitter on the right team? Now, he's he is right. the best. No, he's not. What right now? DJ, who, so DJ LeMay who has better numbers than him. DJ, DJ LeMay who's the best hitter on the team. He yes, is, that's why he leads off and Judge bats second. All right, DJ LeMay is batting two sixty eight. That's fine. All right. Do you know who he is, hit one hundred till June? Who is hitting right now? Who is hitting? And who leads the Yankees in hits? Probably Judge, because okay. Mayhew couldn't hit and a ball he's a streaky the first hitter. Weeks. And he's a streaky hitter. Yeah, okay. DJ uh, Mayhew, you sound like are you idiot. crazy? You sound like Can you act idiot. like you've watched baseball uh, before watch baseball. outside of the Bronx? DJ Aaron Mayhew Aaron is by far the most consistent hitter on the team. Really? Right he now? had a bad right now? Right six months right now? after signing right now? the contract. Right now? Yes. No, no, no he's not. You're not. You're, 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 you obviously don't know numbers, because I'm going to explain uh, what batting average when is. When numbers go up, you play better. Aaron Judge is right now 285 hitter. He's 285. He leads the Yankees in batting average. The Aaron Judge averages. Now, when you look at numbers, Aaron Judge's hits averages a hit every three at bats. Okay, DJ Lemayo. That's not right. That, that that is right. Yes, it is. Speedy, bring up the numbers. Bring up the numbers since the 333 is a one at bat every a hit every three at bats. Speedy, bring up the numbers, please. That's basic math. Uh, fine, basic math. You that did, is basic math. That is fine. really basic math. That's fine. That's fine, but again, basic math 250 is... 250 is one every four at bats. Hey, 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 Jeff. So you one think every Aaron three Judge and a half at bats. Hey, 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 Jeff, do you think Aaron Judge is a streaky hitter? Yes or no? Uh, yes or no? Question. Oh, yeah, definitely. No, he's not. He's not. So that, that just shows is you... Is Stan a streaky hitter? Stan is a streaky hitter. They're the same player! No, they're, no, they're not. Errol, the Yankees no, literally brought Giancarlo Stanton in because everyone and their mother went on a whole orgy fest mm. that summer when Stanton won MVP about how great would it be to have those two same players hit next to each other. Because, oh my God, they'd be a strikeout or a home run every other at bat. That was literally what was talked about a whole winter meeting. Giancarlo Stanton is batting 267 career. He's a 260 batting average. They're not even close, okay? That's not a streak. And he is not. And by the way, Aaron Judge is not a streaky hitter. He is a power hitter that hits for average home runs. He gets triples, doubles, steals bases. He does everything. He's a 5 tool player. How many stolen bases? 128 hits in 542 plate appearances for LeMahieu versus 118 hits in 481 for Judge. So it's basically one out of five. No, I'm serious. Read the numbers again. So LeMahieu has 128 hits in 542 plate appearances, 477 at bats, versus Judge has 118 hits in 481 plate appearances, 414 at bats. So LeMahieu still has more hits. LeMahieu has more hits also in more plate appearances. That's fine. He's the leadoff hitter. I mean, you know he's going mean, to get more but, at bats. Right, but, but it's also a little ridiculous because you're penalized. Like, by doing that, you're like, oh, I'm penalizing LeMahieu because he stays healthy. I never said right now. Well, not only that, LeMahieu walks. I never said that DJ LeMahieu is not a better hitter than Aaron Judge. I'm saying that Aaron Judge is not a streaky hitter. He's a good hitter. When you're a career 275 hitter, that's a good hitter. No one said Judge wasn't a good hitter. No, you said he's a streaky. No, he's not. He's not. He's not. Ladies, you're both cute. Anyways, (laughs) Jeff, thank you for calling, man. Always a pleasure, my man. Uh, You know, it's always fun watching you two uh, turn one conversation about the 
NFL Hall of Fame into something about the Yankees. It's no, I, I brought, uh, we're in the middle of baseball conversation. I just said we're swinging to baseball. You didn't obviously hear well it, done, but you're, you well are, I think you were a little lost on that, but that's okay. He's Jeff. always a little lost. He's a Floridian. Mm. I'm actually not a Floridian. I mean, I live here now, but I wasn't He's from Rhode Island. Here. No, that's even worse. He's oh, by the way, is your family all right? Seriously, because Rhode Island got destroyed. No, he's not by from Rhode state. Island. I'm sorry, he's from Boston. He's from Massachusetts area. No, no, no. I'm from Massachusetts, but like on the Rhode Island line. Yeah. No. Yeah. He's from Rhode Island. Really didn't get destroyed. It wasn't all that bad. Oh, you all know, right. well, I that's mean, some good. down tree, some down trees, and some power out. But you know, I mean, not as bad as it could have been, right? No, it, I let's agree. Put it no, this no way. I'm the serious. Damage there that's was, good. That's good. The damage there was nothing of what like Red Hook got when Superstorm Sandy went through. That was crazy. Yeah, that was you bad. know, like. Yeah, I remember. You know, so, but that's very nice of you to ask, though, Tyler. That's it's very, very nice of you. I'm glad that we're all getting along. Uh, you know, give give my best to the Sultan of Coleslaw. <laughs> that's got to stick, Jeff. We, we should make that a hashtag, Jeff, ladies and gentlemen. I'm, think about that, right, dude. Even better, Tyler. I want to ask you a question, a very serious question. I oh, got Speedy Petey and Arrows. No, no, no. This is great, dude. This is great. You'll love it. <laughs> if you had, if you had, and for, first of all, Speedy and Arrow don't answer. If you had Jeff Bezos money, what would be the first thing that you would do? Jeff Bezos money? Yeah. Yeah. If you I'm had, about, endless, I, 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 if oh, you had you. the most money in the world, if you had the most money in the world, what would be the first thing that you would do? Buy the Yankees. <laughs> See, again, not bad, right? Like other people did noble things. Speedy had said when I asked the question, he said, uh, I'd like to take my grandfather to Germany oh. and, you During know, give him a trip of a lifetime. During right? Oktoberfest. Oh, alcohol. All right. Errol, 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 did a, Errol did another noble thing. He was like, I'd, I'd buy all of the members of my family houses and make sure that they're set for life. Friends and family. Guess what I, guess what I would do, Tyler? Uh, buy a golf course. I would go and buy Beeves Deli just to be his boss and make him work till he fell over. Oh, you wouldn't, you wouldn't fire him? No, no, no. I would hang a sign outside of the deli that said free food and make and have him make bacon, <laughs> bacon, cheese sandwiches until his until his fingers fell off. That's so fucking long. Would you Would you sit in a lawn chair and watch him do it? Dude, I would love it. Lo- I would sit there and be loving it. Sorry, uh, Beef. Time to make the donuts. Let's go. <laughs> Would he be the only one on staff? No, no, no. He he could still have the same staff and keep them. I would just make the Beef work until he had a heart attack and fell over. <laughs> would so you pay cool. for the medical expenses? Oh, yeah, of course. I got endless money. We got to revive right. him so we can get him back to work. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. You're mean. Jeff. That's great. You're mean. <laughs> what, what do you mean I'm mean? He's employing somebody. That's, that's a class act. You would give you would I would give, I'd give, even, give, even give the beaver raise and bonuses. Yeah, you want him to work but 24 sure, hours. That's what you want But I would do. sure shorten his life by how hard he worked. <laughs> and then then I would then I would hang a little picture of him for a week up outside of the cold cut counter. <laughs> What employee employee of the week? Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. The How whole great would that be? Think about 
Think about the service that I would be doing, making him work till he fell over and died. All right, Jeff, there's somebody that wants to buy in. Snug apparently is involved. Can I please buy a stake in that business venture? (laughs) Oh, dude, are you kidding me? Dude, I'm going to build a viewing area outside of the thing so we can all have like a grandstands and watch beef like slowly like die of exhaustion <laughs> so messed Stug, Stug also says I was thinking I would fly to New York and deliver a pallet of cupcakes to the sports loudmouths please oh yeah please. you know what I'm saying it'll be gone in five minutes from our friend over here Tyler <laughs> are they special I mean, are you... they special cupcakes or are they just regular cupcakes Stug would make them special for you for no, sure. no 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 he knows what I mean mm-hmm. he knows what I mean he'll give you a nice little Wait, piece don't... of him inside of them. No, that's not what I meant either, you pervert. <laughs> yes, of course. Give we had, we had to expect fell. him to go there. It's like, I just want a Speedy's fell. mom pie. That's it. Oh, God. Oh, and he went there A now. picture of her? That would be No, nice. I, I said Speedy's mom pie. Well, I know. A picture oh. of her on the pie. No, oh. just the pie. Oh, okay. So you want a piece of her ass. Is that what you're saying? Oh. A little poutine pie never hurt anybody. Well, uh, I, I think uh, Snug wants a piece of that first before. Uh, what, Speedy's uh, mom or oh, something uh, else? Yeah. Snug says mixed, but I won't tell you which ones. <laughs> <laughs> now that, that's interesting, Snug. You have the prank cupcakes going. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, thanks. Always a pleasure, boys. <laughs> Beef, go fuck yourself. Oh. Well, there we go. <laughs> All right, Speedy. Anyways, that was Jeff from Tampa. How wonderful. Masshole. Mm. But Matt's home? Mass hole. Oh, mass hole. Yeah, well, it's it's there. That's for sure. Oh. Uh, anyways, uh, to, we have still a half an hour left of our show. So Do we? Uh, yeah. So finishing up with baseball, uh, are we surprised that the Mets have just completely fallen off? Uh, Rojas should be fired. You, you think Rojas is going to be fired? I don't know. He if, should be fired. I don't think he's going to get fired. I think, he's, I think he's safe for this year, being that this was uh, uh, the uh, Mr. Cohen's first year. I, also, I don't think he's going to oh, fire him, but Sandy Alderson should be uh, really attacked for who, what he did at the trade. Who's the pitching coach? Uh, Jeremy Hefner. Goodbye. No, Hefner Goodbye. Definitely will probably. Goodbye. Be you ruined Degrom's career. Get the get out. I don't know about his career as well. Uh, apparently, they said his uh, MRI looked great today. He's uh, not. They say he's not coming back this year. He still no. has lingering elbow inflammation, though, so, so it likely yeah. will be. If he does play, it'd be like the last two weeks of the season. Right, but you, gotta mean, hope you guys aren't are playing for anything, so I wouldn't even bring him back for that. If the Mets are a playoff contender, they'll bring they're not, him back. They're, they're done. I don't know about that. They're I, done. What are they? What are how, you, many, how many games? games I think six 500? and a half back there are now. What, for the wild card? For, no, for their division. The wild card, the wild card I think the, they are much further back. Because Cincinnati, actually, I think, I think oh, actually has a better record than whoever's leading the NL East. It's crazy how they fell out. The well, Mets actually, were. maybe the right. Braves They led the now. division like a month ago. They, they, they did, I know. And they had a, they yeah. fell off a cliff. They, I think at one point they were 60 and 56, and now they're 61 and, and 64. And their owner has been taking shots at them every single uh, – you go look at social Good, media. Though. Good, Good. That's what a man, that's what an owner should do. I don't think so. Not in a public eye. Not on Twitter. You do oh. that. You do that behind. Why right, George doors. Steinbrenner would do it? Yeah, but he's not George Steinbrenner. He he just isn't. But George he wants to be. Yeah, that's the game good. is different now. If if George Steinbrenner was still alive, he wouldn't be doing that. The well, league he'd is also com- be like 106. No, I'm I'm saying that if he was alive and he was in the prime of his career, he wouldn't be doing that. The game is different now. 
You're not going to go out there and throw your team under the bus like that. I, I mean, I, yeah. I understand what Steve Cohen says and what he says offensively, how they're not hitting. But you're the one. You're the idiot that paid Lindor $331 million. How are you going to call him an idiot? He was a top 10 player when oh, he gave him that contract. I didn't think he was a top 10 player. But him and Baez are the best middle infield combo in baseball. Why? Because their numbers show that? Or because common year? sense says it. Uh, common sense would not show you Who that Who's better than that? I, I, again, I wouldn't say them. I, but I, who I, is? I, I, I can't name one. Um, middle in Toronto, maybe? Toronto. Biggio Bichette, maybe? Uh, no. Well, Biggio's out. Biggio's going to. Yeah, because Biggio's surgery. had a down year, too, like Lindor has. And he's been dealing with a lot of injuries. Defensively, nothing's getting by them. Okay. Right? They're, right. Two, they're two gold glove middle infielders. How about Houston? Correa and Altuve. They're, they're pretty good. Correa's also fallen off in recent years. That's fine. Though, so. but Correa, Correa also. Correa, uh, um, that, the Dodgers. That is, the Dodgers. Yeah, all yeah, right. That's true. All Dodgers. right, there you go. All right. Trey Turner and Corey Seager. But here's the thing about Seager, right? I don't know. I think the Mets are. I'm not a Mets fan by any stretch of the imagination. So How I, about San Diego? They're pretty good, too. Tatis and who? Frazier? Cro- uh, Cronenworth. Oh, Frazier no, or Cronenworth, Cronenworth whoever Cronen- plays. Cronenworth's now playing first. All right, well, yeah, now, but... Yeah, pretty damn. The good. Padres might have the best left side with him and Machado, if you want to say. Well, that. right, yeah. uh, right. I would agree with that, Tatis and Machado. But right, how about I, Milwaukee? As far as, how about Milwaukee? No, I would give the no. Mets Milwaukee. So they're, I, I, they're I, nice young players. Being, they're not elite. The Mets are not far away, right? They're really they not. Are. I think they are. No, I the do pitching are. staff is there. I, th- I think they are. I, the I, lineup the, is there. They first of all, the only play. pitcher that you could really st- that really stands out that is there is Degrom. Everybody else, the, but Str- Strowman's, Strowman's pitched gone. well. Strowman's gone. Walker's not, pitched well. Walker, he's Walker's pitched well for, he, he pitched he's well in the beginning, but now he's really fell off. Yeah, Walker's great start tonight. Syndergaard can't stay healthy. Well, Syndergaard's, I mean, Syndergaard's we, gone. If, if Wheeler was there. If Wheeler well, was there, the be Mets different. picked wrong. They had they picked I, I Wheeler. Said, I mean, and I've said Wheeler. that over and over again when they made the trade. I thought Wheeler was going to be a, a very exclusive, big, important player to that team and their organization. They should have never gotten rid of him. So, uh, Snuggle also says Devers and Bogarts. I guess for the left side of the infield over the Padres. No, I would still. Take I Tatis would still take the Padres too because Tatis defensively. He, that's Tatis when he's been healthy has been rising into superstardom this year. I'm just looking at some of the Tatis teams should. Right now. Tatis would have won MVP if he didn't miss some games. Yeah, he could have. Tatis. He could have, for sure. Boy. It's, and, and to me, uh, again, you know, you, you can go, we can argue this all day long. I think when, when you look at the big picture right now. It, With Merrifield. Why didn't I, we don't know him? if the Mets are going to re-sign Javier Baez. We, we don't know. If no, he, no you I, have to. I, I, I don't know. Speed, who would they give up? What do you mean? They gave, up, they gave up their first-round pick from last year, Pete Crow Armstrong. But that was it. I'm surprised it only took one prospect. I, I don't know. It was one for one? No. No, they gave up a couple. And, of but, and the Cubs gave a salary dump pitcher to yeah. us, Trevor Williams. Yeah. That was it. I, I don't, I don't the see. The Pirates guy? Yeah, formerly of the oh, Pirates. Geez. Yeah, they're former, like, uh, I don't know about top don't prospect, know. but first one of their good prospects. You're going to have to pay him $180 million, and I don't think they're going to do it. I, I really don't. Especially, I disagree with you. I, I don't. And New I, I, owner. I, I think the Mets are making a big mistake because you're, you're, you paid Lindor $331 million. To, well, give, him, to give him 180 that's two players, $500 million. Then you've got to pay Pete Alonso in two years. You're going to have to pay him. But what did so, Pete Alonso say? Because he, Alonso is the best very player. Vocal. He's the best player. 
He's the most important player. He's the best. Lindor's player. the best player. No, I think Pete Alonso's their best player. You got to keep Conforto because he's the heart of the team. Oh, you got to get rid of him. He stinks. He yeah, he stinks. He's been awful all year he until stinks. just last week. He stinks. No, he's, he, no. he was hitting low 200s much of the year. He he's, he's gone. But in case no one's figured this out, COVID's really screwed up a lot. That's fine. You I, can't. I still you think can't. Pete Alonso's their best player. That's fine. He's definitely their most important player because when he's playing well, you're right. The, the team's a different team. Tatis Jr., I mean, sorry, Lindor is the best player. Though. I don't think so, no. Well, that's fine, but you need to pay both. So if Pete Alonso is telling him, I'll take a pay cut, just make sure we got a good team. He's not going to do that. Uh, he's, you don't know what well, he's the saying. Well, the other factor of that is, too, they could also pay 20, him now before he gets bigger money. He's 26 years old. By the right. time he becomes a free agent, he's 29. He's going to want to get paid. But he also could get paid now before he gets bigger money like we're seeing a lot of these teams do, do to the young They're players. They're not going to do I don't that. think the Mets are smart enough to do that either. But They're not going to do it. But... We've they're going to the pay. Trends. They're going to pay Javier Baez, and they're going to give him a lot of money, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a big mistake. I, 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 I said Lindor was a big mistake, and I'm going to say this: Javier Baez is a mistake. It's his first year in New York. You got to take that with a grain of salt. I'm telling you, it's a mistake. It, it, it's I said. I'm telling you right now. And Lindor, you're going to see as it as it keeps moving forward and forward, he's going to get worse and worse and worse. I I, I didn't think he was. Think I, about I, this team, though, right? Alonzo Baez. Lindor, J.D. Davis, yeah. Jeff McNeil. Hopefully. Nemo. McNeil's not the same player. That, Conforto's I mean, not the same player. I, did anywhere. I even mention Conforto? Conforto's gone I'm just I'm, I'm bringing up players that I'm saying. Yeah, the Mc, only, McNeil, when Pilar he gets on the out. roster for next year? Probably not. Uh, I don't think so. Because you could bring him back for the cheap, and defensively, okay, he's fine. a wizard. But is he is he gonna do, is he gonna do it again like he did this? Defen- year? Defensively, he's oh, always yeah. But you need good. offense. You need bats. That's but I just is. named five guys that take care of the bats, and then you get Degrom, Tyler. This Tywan team Walker. is so far they're away. They're not far they're away. They're far away. They're not. They are. They're far away. You're and in New York. And by the way, the Braves lost the their two star, t- two top pitchers, in, and and they they're in first place. They're not even the same Braves as they were last year. Okay, they're well, going right, to be Acuna better. Hasn't and, played all and, and and and, and no, he only got hurt a month ago. And, but and, and, and they're. Shit. They lost their two top pitchers. Next year, they're going to be even better. Philadelphia is going to be better next year. I, I mean, no, they keep Girardi. Girardi's also, fun. that they have a lot of money issues too. The Phillies, so we'll see how much the better they can get. The Mets are. I'm telling you right now, the Mets are far away than you think. And and, and they, they need bullpen help. No, they didn't. They made a lot. No, of the moves. Mets. The Mets bullpen on paper is good. good. It's just the problem is I think some some guys are just one type guy. I think their bullpens ranked like 11th or 10th in the league. They fell off a little bit in the second half, but a they're lot not of these. Bad. Uh, yeah, they're not bad. A lot of the the problem with the, a lot of these guys is they're one way. We thought the, as Mets fans at the start of the year they would have a little more versatility with that bullpen and it hasn't been like that where we thought okay Trevor May could pitch in different roles Seth Lugo could pitch in different roles and they haven't done it as well as we thought they would especially Lugo who was the most consistent relief pitcher on the team for the last three years and those guys are the ones that have fallen off but those aren't the big money guys though it's not really a money issue and just so you know and if you look at the Yankees in the last five years the Yankees have been in the top 10 in pitching starting pitching in baseball and the last two years last year the Yankees were sixth in ERA and whip and this year they're going to probably be in the top five, and you said the Yankees need pitching. They don't need pitching. It's oh. what the Yankees need. They need relief 
pitching. They that needed pitching is th- pitching. Th- no, their starting pitching was fine. But what and if you got you a starter and moved Scherzer. somebody? You wanted Max I did Scherzer. not say. Yes, I said Max Beanie, Scherzer should have been say? gotten. What did he say? What did but he say? But you didn't need Max Beanie, Scherzer. No, you said Max Scherzer. I said Scherzer. we could have got Jose Barrios. I said even Kyle Gibson. When I sit here, when 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 you guys were doing a show, I couldn't sleep more than listening to you two talk about crap. When I'm here, you're talking your garbage. I heard you say Max Scherzer. The Yankees should have got Scherzer. Yes. No, I would have never went after Matt. And thank God the Yankees didn't because I think Matt Scherzer would have been a a big mistake for the Yankees. They could get him in free agency in the offseason if they really, really want Max Scherzer because that's where he's going. He's going to free agency. Dodgers are not re-signing him. He could go anywhere next year. He can go to the Mets. He can go to the Yankees. He can go to the Braves, which probably will happen. Okay? Yeah, very much much good. Because they've got a lot of money, and they're under the salary cap. Very, very much so. They paid Acuna $100 million. I mean, you want to talk about they a paid, steal. They paid Albies less than that, which was an even bigger. I mean, not necessarily a bigger steal, but another big steal. You're talking about the Braves. They've got a lot. They're one of the richest owners. And they can absolutely make a move for two, one or two players next year. And the Yankees are going to do what? I think they're going to keep Sit Rizzo. No, I, I, honestly, I, I don't see the Yankees going after a big-name pitcher. I, I don't. They have a lot of they have they have this kid Gill who they right. really really like and you got uh, Garrett Cole and they have Garrett Cole that's two and that's right and they they have other pitchers Montgomery they've got pitchers the Yankees got pitchers in their farm system and as no, as you saw as you saw what the Yankees have brought up everything the Yankees have brought up so far in the second half has worked for them so uh, again they yeah. have the fifth best ERA and WHIP in baseball okay they don't need pitching starting pitching they need relief. Pitching. That's the what pitching the Yankees is pitching. Need. No, relief is, is different than starting pitching. You wanted starting pitching. I did they, want starting they pitching. They didn't need starting but pitching. But pitching depth is still important regardless. And which one. not only that, if they didn't need starting pitching, why'd you go get Andrew Heaney for? Andrew Heaney, what are you talking about why they get it? Andrew Heaney's going to be in the middle of the their pitching, you know, when it comes to CRA the playoffs. is five. Yeah, that's right. They're going to put him in the middle. He's going to be he's in the be middle in the bullpen. of what? He's going to oh. be in the bullpen. That's right. So when pitching is pitching. Start, when the playoffs start, that's where Heaney's going to be. No, that's where Montgomery should be. No, no. What are you, nuts? You're going to run three deep. Montgomery is going to be part of the three deep. Montgomery was the Yankees' best pitcher Cole, in the playoffs last Cole, year. Cole, yeah. Kluber, mm-hmm. and Gill. Gill's not going to be in the – he's going to be in the bullpen. They're not going They're to put insane. Oh, The uh, guy's thrown four shutout starts four and a half in innings. a row. He's a rookie. They're not playing him in the playoffs. They're going to put Montgomery, who's a proven player, proven starter in the do, playoffs. Did they or did they not do it with your other boy? What are you talking about? Oh, my God. Garcia. This just, Garcia. Yeah. Then remember his obsession with Debbie Garcia? Where's Debbie Garcia and now, by the way? They pulled him in the third inning. Right. They pulled him in the Where third inning. Where is he? They're not putting Gill in. I'm, I'm telling you, they've been sending him down to AAA. How many times? There's two times so far right. this year. They're I understand. Not starting him. I understand uh, you that. You want to bet on that? You want to bet on that? What? You want to bet that Gill doesn't see a start as a start? In, I'm in saying the he should. I don't care what they do or don't do. Th- that's stupid. They should. You do not start a rookie in the playoffs, especially a rookie that's Oh, yeah, because Walker Bueller couldn't do it. First, right, you're gonna you're gonna talk about Walker Bueller, who's one of the best pitchers in baseball. Okay, isn't that what you want though? You're, you're not, the freaking Yankees. Why don't not, you start coaching not, people to be better instead of what they are? Coaching, I, I think they've done oh. pretty well. Eleven games in a row. I yeah, eleven games in Jalo and pretty, the it's dog days That's right. The Yankees have one of the best comebacks I've seen the Yankees have in forever. Right. I, I'm they've the been Yankee the best fan. team in baseball since uh, the trade day. Uh, it's, it's been an unbelievable uh, All Star game. It's great. been an unbelievable. Got it. It's been an unbelievable comeback. That's wonderful. 
who you wanted to, oh, by the way, their, their, their manager to be fired. So not brought go. back is the better term. <laughs> he still he still does. So I still like a, don't waver on I, that. I don't, I don't know like, what I don't know uh, how many. What the guy needs to do. I don't think he a thirty to, game winning streak. By the way, wait a minute. By the way, do you know series. what started this whole thing? Defense started being played again. They brought up Andrew Vasquez. They brought speed back. They started playing small ball. You saw bunts again. What is that? What is that? Holy that crap. That they started playing baseball. That has a lot to do with oh, coaching. Oh, shut up. That has a lot to do with coaching. So where's it been the first three and a half years? Oh, I, first of all, it has a lot to do with coaching. So where where was this the first three and a half years? Three and a half years. I don't know. He, he ruined Severino's he, career. He won, he won 100 games his first year. 100 oh, games yeah. his second year. His third year, okay. Oh, by the way, he still won 90 games his third year. And, by the way, he's going to probably win close to 100 again this year. Oh, he's a terrible manager. Terrible. And, by the way, one of the biggest Yankee comebacks we've seen the Yankees have since, I don't know, ever. How can you call it a comeback? You, are we, we going to go back into this? Because I want to get off of baseball. Are we going to go back into this? No, I, no. I just want to know what a comeback I, is. I, I think you're lost. I, I think the Yankees were. They've won eleven de- games in a row. De- they were dead in the water. I was one of the t- the guys that said they were dead in the water, and they well, came. They were. That's probably why they got three uh, volts of life. Yeah, volts of life. Uh, I I did say that the Yankees pitching was going to get better. I also said that the Yankees were going to get timely hitting when they their lineup gets healthy. I did say that. And by the way, when I said Rizzo was going to be the, the biggest move for the Yankees the, at yes. the trade deadline, hold on, I said. I that love too. the Rizzo deal. No, you did. It would make a ton more sense if Joey Gallo wasn't you the wanted, deal before. You wanted Mac- Why? They gave up nothing for Gallo. Errol. Oh, my God. I, I don't understand do you what you know don't that? Do you understand that people have to pitch around Gallo to get to the other player? Even yeah, if he's well, not hitting. It's working out real well for the other team. And when he gets hot, what are you going to say, Tyler? Just like all the Yankee fans saying John Carlos Stanton can hit in playoffs. Oh, yeah. And he was the hottest hitter for the Yankees in the playoffs. No, nope. yeah, so I've, I've never once said John Collins standing can't hit. Did I'm the I only Yankee stand that defended standing. Uh, well. So what I'm going to say right now is this. When he gets hot, it'll be great. The problem is he's going to get cold again. And if so you really wanted to address bullpen so or team. pitching, so you should have did that first so does is what every I said. Player in Had baseball. nothing to do with Joey Gallo. So does every player in baseball get cold. So I don't want to hear it. Even not Mike not Aaron Judge. Uh, even Mike Judge. No, right now, Aaron Judge has been Aaron Judge as good a hitter. hitter. As good a hitter as any of the Yankees. 285. Good a, 285, yes. 285. 285. For a power hitter. For a, a power, power hitter. hitter, yes. Now, the real question, has Joey Gallo ever had a 285 batting average in a small sample size? No, probably not. <laughs> Anyways. Um, Slug says, uh, Scherzer to the Astros to hook up with Verlander again. Oh. Uh, well, that's be- right. Verlander's been out all year, and the Astros are still doing uh, whatever they're doing. This is a good one. Uh, the Beave is the princess of pickle. <laughs> <laughs> Haha, <laughs> uh, ha, not, not Aaron Judge. And then uh, Bet Eyebrows, loser, loser shaves them off live on air. What? Wait, but what bet, would we bet be what? betting? What are we betting? Because uh, I'll I, take I that. Oh, the Gale thing. The Louis, uh, whether Gale will start Here's at the, the thing. playoffs. He's or not. probably right. The Yankees probably are too stupid to do that. Stupid. So I. Yes. Speedy, would you would you start a rookie that's barely played the full season? Not in a pressure game. I wouldn't mind doing it in a longer that's series. That's not my question. Would you start 
a pitcher in the playoffs in the middle of the season Don't let who's, pitched four and a half, who's pitched four and a half innings in every single game that he's pitched in the, in the regular season. Depends on circumstance. Because you're an idiot. I, I can't talk to you. You sound like a moron. Don't, you're yeah, don't make you're the pitcher done. better. Just you're, let him not be on the postseason You're done with the conversation team. because you drag things and you say stupid things. You guys can't even sit on a show and, and talk for more than two and a half, two hours because you guys can't back and forth banter. But then when I'm talking, and you agree. say, you come at, no, he's an we idiot. Like most you. of the time. That's right. That's what right. makes you guys stupid. Because it doesn't make it doesn't make a good show, and it makes it boring. And what you guys talk about? Oh, by the way, you barely did. It was boring. So it, it, I sat here. I got fan mail telling me from the from the mail. cahoots telling me, yeah, fan mail telling me that you two morons need to learn how to speak. How's that? How's that? You want me to sit here and tell you the truth? You both, you over here, pencil dick over here, doesn't, he talks with his statistics, doesn't speak at all when, when the conversation is, is, is global, and you over here, your, your head's down in your ass, in your crotch, okay? So don't get me started. And then when I'm here, you guys say crazy, stupid things, and you couldn't do that when I wasn't here. So, so don't uh, talk when you are here. No, it's called, if you guys want to build conversation, you want to learn how to talk on a radio show, you need to learn how to con- consistently talk with one another, not wait until I'm here to drag the conversation. Because honestly, me dragging a conversation and the, the, the crazy, nutty things that you guys say when I'm here doesn't sell when it comes to when I'm not here, you don't say nothing. Nothing. Zero. Absolutely zero. There was a, I'm not going to say who, there was a fan on a thing that actually wrote to me and said, honestly, I'd rather, I'd rather take a dump and read a newspaper than listen to these two guys. Okay? All right? That's what they told me. Goodbye, sir. Have a nice day. Enjoy your dump with the newspaper. I'm just telling you what I heard. And I'm just referring to him. So So have a great day sitting on your toilet with the newspaper. So what I, what I, uh, by the way, uh, uh, anyways, and I'm, I'm listening to Snug because Snug wants to be a smartass. And anybody that sits there and listens to that, Snug, that's great. You are one out of maybe 50 people that I heard from, okay? One of very 50, okay? So I, I'm, I'm telling you, if you guys are going to argue, you guys got to argue about stuff and stop. And by the way, and, and you ask a million questions, Speedy, your questions, ask the damn question. Stop beating around the bush. Go straight out at the question and stop going around in a circle to reach to the middle. It, this is not a lollipop. This is not a Tootsie Roll pop, okay? Get to the fucking question. That's what I want to hear. When you're asking a question, ask the damn question. Stop beating around the bush. Jesus Christ. There's nothing wrong with being around the bush. Especially when you don't shave it. Anyways. And now we've gotten another weird extreme again. Anyways, uh, to finish up the show. Let's try to make them all I, I want to uh, get back into – I want to get into hockey because uh, Jeff brought it up that the Tarasenko deal, and Jeff was uh, – it's almost done. It, it's the, the – uh, right now the Islanders are trying to figure out um, what – Matches that contract the first year because it's nine and a half million dollars they're taking on for Tarasenko. I, I and I and Jeff says, well, who are they going to? They're offering what I'm, I'm what I'm hearing is um, what's his name again? Uh, the defenseman Salo. No, uh, the, the defenseman that was on the team this year. Um, Aho. No, on the he wasn't on the team this year. He was for stretches. No, he wasn't. Yes, he was. No, he wasn't. They're not training Aho. Pulak. No, no, they're not trading them. any top guys. Well, there's I'm no, just trying to think of who's got no, money on the there's defense. No, there's no way they were, they were trading any top guys. Letty's gone. 
the Tarasenko's value has fallen enough where he's not going to – the Islanders are not – Mayfield. Scott Mayfield from St. Louis. I'm hearing Scott Mayfield, a draft, draft pick, a third or fourth round draft pick. And Jeff says, you know, they're going to have to match it because they still got to sign Zach Parisi. Right. They, have, they, they still have to sign Paul, Paul Mary, all two players that they're definitely going to sign. Um, I'm hearing and, – and what I think is the smartest thing for them to, is to trade Josh Bailey. Josh Bailey is making five and a half million dollars. It makes sense. The, the numbers make sense. You're bringing in Zach Parisi. That'll fill in the void over there with Brock Nelson. Uh, you're bringing Palmieri back. That's going to be you're, you're going to put him with Pajot. And then obviously Tarasenko, who's going to be on your first line. Then you really solidify your three lines right there. And and by the way, the Islanders. The, all their top young players are already signed for the next three to four years. Uh, I mean, the Islanders are going to be good for many, many years uh, moving forward. And they've got some good young defensemen coming up very, very soon. So they can actually trade uh, one way or another at you know during the season where they can get some plays, players and pieces if they believe they're a contender, which they will be. Oh, they're definitely a contender. And they will be. Yeah, Bailey, Bailey I think, is, a, is an interesting one because he's – Definitely sheds the Islanders' money, and the Islanders have done a great job of shedding money all off season. So I, I don't think that was. Well, they're bringing the reason why they're going to probably trade. Uh, now Mayfield's a good defenseman. He's a good, uh, you yeah. know, he's a tough defenseman. He's pretty good. They're, they have Robin Salo coming up, and and Salo is their best prospect, and they believe he's going to be really, really good. So they bring him up, and they have Aho, and they have Bodie Wild. They've got players in their farm system that are really, really good, and they have this other Russian kid that they're bringing up that they just signed. Uh, defensemen as well. So they they have a, a cluster of good defensemen in their farm system. So uh, this Tarasenko deal, I what you know, Jeff actually called me and he said this deal is practically done. So. And you wonder think you wonder if the, if the Blues and the Islanders actually had a very interesting scenario where the Blues are still kind of in the fringe of being a talented team that can contend. They're not the what they were when they won the cup obviously, but they're still talented where they're a consistent playoff team and you wonder if they're not trading the West for, is too deep. I, I, maybe trading, but trading your top score like that But they play they've played well without him in certain stretches though where well, he played like garbage last year. Well, he didn't play. Yeah, he barely played. So what what you're Play doing? Like Fifteen games. What you're doing games? is making a solid Still in between trade. Pretty good numbers too for for fourteen, right. fifteen games that he played. So he they made a pretty good in between trade where they're getting at least some, a little bit of depth to go along with the the core that they have. Again, they lost a lot of pieces from their cup team because again, that's what teams do. They lose money. They have to pay everybody, and they can't pay everybody. So. In terms of that, they're getting a trade where they can still be competitive, if too. If he stays healthy, the Islanders, I mean, from top to bottom, from first to fourth line, I mean, who's going to be able to compete with them? I, I, you're, Tampa. Uh, Tampa lost a lot of players. Even Jeff was talking about it today. Uh, I said Tampa, too. He says Tampa can't compete with them because Tampa lost like four <laughs> of their top helps. players. Yeah, so and of, the, of course that, that's fine. And Tampa Having the lost, best goal in hockey will fill that hole. Well, uh, not necessarily. And, and they barely beat the Islanders last year. So uh, now they you might add, have to go through the Islanders. They're, they're going to have to get through the Islanders, or maybe the Islanders could lose. The Islanders could lose, but I, 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 with the Islanders, with the team that they have moving forward in the young, they they signed Pelic. They got Pelic on a steal. I mean, you want to talk about Lou Lamorello making a deal of a century? You give a guy eight years. Um, what was it? Five, oh, five million, five and a half million, five and a half million for a top end defenseman, value. a top yeah. ten defenseman in a league. I, I mean, that's a steal. I mean, look what Hamilton got from the Devils. Yeah. Ten million dollars. And I mean For Pelic a guy that's is, always hurt. Pelic is just as good as, as Hamilton. No, Hamilton, Hamilton, Hamilton. But Hamilton's, Hamilton's always not hurt a too, defensive though. defenseman no, like him. No, I know I'm not saying that. I'm just saying Hamilton's worth that gamble. 
I don't know about that. The Devils need so much they can't afford to give a $9 million a year average annual value. I could see it from a team that maybe needs the one defenseman to win now. Well, I'm but... sure. I, have they moved Subban yet? No. Mm, I'm that, not that, sure. I don't think they be, can either. Yeah, that'll, that, be, that'll that's be the be... first com- cookie to crumble. Right, and they, they gambled on that when They're they thought they had They're going to have to do what the Islanders had to do with Ladd. The Islanders had to right. give up a third, a second, a third, and a couple other yeah, picks. Yeah, it'll be a salary dump because right. he can barely skate the Islanders, anymore. They, yeah. Islanders give just up like a lot Winnipeg's to Winnipeg's going to have to do with Bufflin. It's just how it's going to go. I mean, oh, yeah. if you look at if you're the a Rangers, lot of, though, you a lot make of people, a lot of Islander fans have taken shots at Gart Snow over the years. If you look at the players, the talented players that they have right now on the farm system, <laughs> and the players that that was all Gart Snow's picks, all of them. If you look at it, Barzell, Gart Snow. Well, Pellick, Gart Snow. The job Bullock, Gart Snow. Done before him I mean, was awful. Uh, that's f- no, the problem with Gart Snow was free agency, bringing in Andrew Ladd, bringing in, you know, giving, uh, what's his name again, who uh, heard, he retired with the eye injury. Boychuk. Boychuk. At the end of the, uh, uh, he really brought him in at the end of his, at the end of his career. He had one right. good year with I the Islanders. I like the signing. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, eight years, sixty some odd million guy. dollars. That's well, a no, lot of money for that much for that many years late in his career. It, wasn't it was right crazy. Enough. That was that was that was crazy. He gave up a lot of bad contracts. But as far as drafting, Gart Snow was valuable when it came to drafting. I think he drafted very well. So uh, he's. You know, and, and, and looking at what Lou Lamorello, Lou Lamorello, go look at his last two seasons. Uh, besides last year, he hasn't, besides this past year, he had a second round pick. The last two years, but his first two years, he didn't, <laughs> actually, his, his first year, he had two first round draft picks. For like the last right. two and a half years, uh, two years, he, he hasn't really had, he hasn't had any first round draft picks. None. And, and, and look at the players that he has. I mean, a lot of those guys, Ajo, Gart Snows. I mean, you go Sallow, Gart Snows. So these guys, uh, Sorokin, Gart Snow. So these are all Gart Snows picks, and they've all turned out to be very, very good. So uh, all the Islander fans that are taking shots, a.k.a. Danny, uh, <laughs> Danny, a.k.a. Uh, I think he's, he's the Islanders version of Tyler with the Yankees. I think he'll just criticize everything with that, even if it well, is good. Also, uh, Mike Milbury did a terrible job before. Well, Mike, oh, Mil- yeah, long, Mike Milbury was a long time ago. <laughs> Mike Milbury wasn't even there when we were talking about uh, Gart Snow. Mike Milbury, I, I think somebody was before Gart Snow, uh, not Mike Milbury. So, I, I, again, uh, what Gart Snow has done for the Islanders organization is set the Islanders up very, very well to be a contender for the next, I don't know, five, six, seven years. So they're put in a very good position. Now Lou Lamorello has got to put that team, put his, you know, his – Stamp to it, which he is, Zach Parisi, Paul Mary, Tarasenko. He's putting his stamp to it and keeping the players, the top-end players that the uh, Gart Snow has drafted over the years. So, I again, Islander fans, the stupid Islander, the Lyles of the world <laughs> that, uh, you know, say people are overrated when they're not. I think you need to go back. I wonder if he thinks Tarasenko is overrated. He probably does. Uh, he's lost if he thinks that. <laughs> I mean, if Tarasenko stays healthy this year he, with Barzell and Anders Lee, do you know how good that line's going to be this year? Mm. You're talking about one of the top five, top four lines in the league this year if if, if they all can stay healthy. Tarasenko scares me because he can't stay healthy right. for the last two years. But if somehow the guy stays healthy with Barzell, uh, you, you're talking about a, a, a completely – unbelievable first line. And then you have a good second line with Palmieri and Pajot. And then they start, then Zach Parisi and Brock Nelson and uh, B- Bolivier. And then you have the fourth line, who's arguably one of the best fourth lines in hockey. 
So, I mean, the Islanders are definitely going to be favored to come out of the East next year if this Tarasenko trade actually does happen. Right. And, and, and what Jeff was telling me today, he, he says seal it up because it, it's, it's almost done. Yeah, and he also had in that Stanley Cup actual series against the Bruins, I believe he had four goals, too. So it's proving he had, I think, one cold stretch in his career uh, when it came He's to that series. Scorer. But he has some good playoff stretches, too. And remember, the Blues, before they were winning all those cups, were always one and done in the playoffs, and he was essentially carrying that offense for a lot of the and time. And what makes him also unique is he can pass. He right. is a very good passer, uh, and too. And he's got a good size, too. People forget about that. They think of him as just a speed skater He fits type. the bar, uh, Barry Trotz yeah. offense. Uh-huh. Definitely does. Mm-hmm. Definitely does. And, and he's, he's still 30 years old. He's still fairly young. So uh, if you have him for three years and next two years after this year, $5.5 million. For right. Tarasenko, a top-end player, fair. it's a fair contract for the Islanders moving forward. So uh, I think the Islanders are positioned very well. And all the other guys – Paul Mary, if they sign Paul Mary, the only person they could switch back and forth is Zach Parise. Every one of their de- defensemen, their top end defensemen, are signed or under contract for the next three or four years. So the Islanders are positioned in a very good position to be a top team in the NHL for for the next couple of years. So and we know Parise is not going to make anything. So that's no, not gonna, he's going to make. That's not going to affect anything with five hundred thousand right. to a million. Uh-huh, exactly. He's not making a lot of money. He made his money already. With Minnesota. Oh, yeah. Him and Ryan Suter definitely flourished in those one big offseason for the Wild. And, and if, you can get, if you can get 20 goals on the third line from Zach Parisi, you're, you're talking about very good productivity <laughs> on your third line. And I think you can with Brock Nelson in that offense. So, and Bolivier playing on that, that line as well. So I, I think, and, and I think Josh Bailey makes a lot of sense for the Islanders to trade away in that trade to make this trade uh, valuable for, because they want Mayfield. And Mayfield's the St. Louis. That's his hometown. That's, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. And Mayfield's a good defender. He really is. And the Islanders giving away uh, uh, probably a top four defensive player. I mean, Mayfield was a top four defensive player for them. Dobson's moving slowly yeah, he's, to the he's top climbing. four. Oh, yeah. He, he's probably the top four defender right now. And by by the end of next year, I think Dobson will be the best defender. Right. And they're going to ease Salo in like they eased Dobson in two years ago. And Salo, I think Salo and Dobson are the future, you know, yeah, future line mates right. as defensemen. So they're positioned very well. They have Aho. They have the other kid. I mean, and as far as the the Rangers are concerned, I, I think as a Ranger fan, I, I, I listen to a lot of Ranger fans. I watch a lot. I, I, I listened to a podcast the other day, and how Ranger fans are just like loving what Chris Drury has done. What has Drury done? Now he added B, he added fighters. That's great, but do do those players fit this team? Yes. I, I don't know about that. Let me ask you a question. If somebody knocked, let's say Tom Wilson knocks Panarin in the next Thursday, mm-hmm. who are you afraid of to go up to Tom Wilson and be like, oh, don't touch my boy like that? Are you going to bring up the Reeves thing? No, 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 no. Forget Ryan. Before the Ryan Reeves trade. Okay, who who, who, else? who would it be? But who? There, there was none. Okay. This team had no grit. They had no toughness. They had no nothing. So Chris Drury acknowledged that. He said, all right, we got nothing but a bunch of finesse guys. I need to add grit and toughness. That's why he went to the guy from uh, Goudreau. That's why he brought in Reeves. He's going to bring in guys that play two-way hockey. It's called bringing defense because that's what that, they need. That, that, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think they should have brought in a, a rough. If you want to bring in rough players, bring in rough defensive players. Guys that can hit. Guys that can play the defensive position. Not overpay. Right. Not overpay defensemen, which we've seen the Rangers do over the years. Well, Drury didn't. Well, I, I don't like Drury, and I think he. I I really believe Drury's not going to have that job very long. 
Well, I, they should have never fired John Davidson. You were right, right about that. Terrible. Yeah. That was a terrible, terrible. And I think it's going to catch up. Because, look, the Blue Jackets re-signed him. It, it, oh, they well, were Blue, probably like, you got to be kidding me. They were licking their chops when that happened. They were I'm licking. surprised they didn't bring back Tortorella. I couldn't believe they fired. When I heard John Davidson was out after the first year, I was like, what are they, on drugs? I mean, you're talking about a guy that has built – he built that St. Louis Blues team to a championship team. He built that Blue Jacket team over the years. And then all of a sudden he leaves to go and, to go and take over his dream job, and then they fire him after because of the whole uh, Panarin thing with the Wilson thing, which is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Fire the GM, who was an absolute terrible GM. Not the, the, the president of the team that you brought in to build this team into a competitor. It was terrible. It was terrible. I, I think the Rangers were big, big and stupid. But we'll see. Yeah, they've been that way for a while. And I, I listen. I know Chris Drury. I played hockey with him. Played junior A hockey against him. I, I know him as a person. He played baseball. Played little league World Series. I, he was a talented player. He is. A, he was always an overrated hockey player. And as far as scouting and talent, he's never been a he's never been a GM, an assistant GM. He's never been a GM in this league. To put him in New York, where the pressure is on, if he if he doesn't find the right build this team fast, the way the Islanders are building right now with Lou Lamorello and back to back GMs of the year and, and Barry well, Trotz, the Islanders um, have been building for like ten years. Uh, no, they haven't been. How long was Garth Snow there? They they have not been building. Everybody was, was talking about the Islanders being the laugh of the town for years. Yes. It, they've been building yes, for the three years. early 2000s, years. they've been terrible. They, since Barry right, Trotz and Lou Lamorell, they've been building for the last three years. That's it. They're a completely different team. Before ba- Lou Lamorell and Barry Trotz so came So all this in, draft capital just came overnight is well, what they Well, what they did is they, they with the draft that they had, with the, the players that they had, they had to structure them in, in a structure type of game. And that's what they did. Bringing in Barry Trotz, it structured the team and made them the team that they are. Not to mention, not many teams do well in any sport when they're having to shed that much money all at once. And just, they have to do it. The, the Islanders did it all this offseason right. with a lot of the bad contracts. Right. We're talking about their success now. Three years. Right. But but when you get how- a lot of bad draft picks and you draft terribly for a long period of time, Eventually, you reap the benefits of those young kids coming up at once. Sure, but you also—that's what happened to the Islanders. But that money will also hold you back to be able to get those veteran pieces to help them out too. Outside where, of Tavares, who they really have to sign? No, I'm saying in terms of the bit bad contracts they had. They on signed the team. Barzell. They had to pay Barzell. They just well, paid right, him. but hold on, Barzell's recent. I mean, Pulak. When you guys were god awful, right? Because mm-hmm. you you guys were a laughing stock for a while. Where like those draft picks came from then? They so who are you paying then? If you look at the Islanders in those draft picks, Boychuk, a lot of those draft pick, a lot of the draft picks that they have right now weren't even first round. Pelic not a first round. Sorokin not a first round. Pulak was a first round. If you go, you go up and down their roster right now. The great players that they have, they weren't even first round picks. They weren't even first round picks. So it just that's shows the best you. way to overcome that kind of cap Rock issues. Nelson was had. a late first-round pick. Late. Right. But we always talk about this. Drafts in the NBA, baseball, and hockey I'm just, I'm just are saying, a joke. When you talk about when the Islanders had all those top-end draft picks, none of them turned out to be anything. You, you look at the Islanders. The By the way, the Islanders' second-round pick, their only second-round pick this year, some people say they got the best player in the draft. He fell. They, they thought he was the number one pick, going, and he had a bad season in juniors, fell all the way to the second round. The Islanders drafted him. Some people thought he was the number one pick, 
and he, he, the Islanders got him in the second round. He could be the steal. The Islanders signed him. They just signed him. Uh, they don't usually sign players like that right off. They signed him. He's going to go to Bridgeport this year. Mm-hmm. He'll probably be on the. He'll probably make the team. Okay, that's might it's very crazy. well make the team. It's crazy. That's a, that just shows you that the Islanders strategically they get players. They find players. Lou Lamorello. He, he's a genius. He really is. And and you can't take. But just so everybody knows, all those Island fans. The, most of those players weren't loose players. They were bar- guard snow. So don't all you fans that write all these stories about guard snow. Oh, he's terrible. He's this. He's that. Guard snow. You should kiss his ass. <laughs> they make they make those fans make Garth Snow look like he runs the Sabres front office or something. Like he, that. You should kiss his ass for what he has done. Where is Garth Snow? Um, he's not unemployed. I don't know. I think he works with the Islanders organization, but he's like, uh, you know, on the outskirts of the Islanders uh-huh. organization. He does. I think what a shame. he. All I know is you better get him. A, if you guys do win a cup, I don't think you will. But if you do win a cup, you better get him. A ring. They're very close, and and if they do land this Tarasenko trade, um, b- best believe Hockey <coughs> Digest and everybody is going to pick them to come out of the East. So it's they're they're that good and. You're talking about their defense. Their defense was top three defense. They've been a top three defense the last three years. They were the number one defense last year. They were the, the, the year before that. They were the number two. This year they were the number three. I mean, this is a, a very all and 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 their defense young, all young. Dobson's 20 years old. Okay, you have Salo coming in. He's 20 years old. You have you have Pulak 25, Pelik 26. This is a young defensive, talented team, and Sorokin, who is, uh, everybody says, is, is going to be the talk of the town, the best young goaltender, one of the best young goaltenders in the NHL. He's also 25 years old. So the Islanders are set when it comes to a core defense. It's not, it's not really bad to say when your core is defense and goaltending. That's what wins championships. Right. So No, you're right. So... I, I think the Islanders position very well. Lundquist and they do have one of the best young, talented uh, uh, offensive players <laughs> on the first line in Barzell. So, and you put him with Tarasenko, watch out. Mm. Watch out what that line's going to do this year. They could be scary good. They really could. I just worry about Tarasenko's health. That's it. If Tarasenko stays healthy, you're talking about a guy that could score 40 goals. No, Tarasenko well, gets healthy. Tough, he's then. probably not on the trade block either. <laughs> no. well, are getting tough then. Well, they're also he he's he's ordering himself out. He wants he has a no trade clause, and he says uh, there's only three teams, four teams I want to go, and Rangers were one of them. Right. But I don't no, think the Rangers need him. No, no, not all. You know, so no, I, him I, and Jack Eichel should be the. I'm just saying, you never know. The circumstance might change though if he wasn't hurt all the time though either. Well, yeah, I don't think the Rangers need him. I, I, no, I, they don't. No, they don't. They don't. I, I don't. I don't think the the Rangers. We don't the, need the, Eichel either. The, the Islanders need a, a player that could play with Barzell to take the pressure off him. Mm-hmm. You know, and and with with a player like that on that line with Anders Lee who missed the whole season, watch out. That line's gonna Anders Lee's gonna score thirty goals. You got thirty goals for him, thirty five goals for Barzell, and forty goals for Tarasenko. Best line in the NHL, or one of them. So uh, that's how good that line could be. But we'll see if Tarasenko gets traded, and we'll see if uh, Tarasenko stays healthy. You know, because Anders Lee's coming back from a torn ACL. So it, that's also scary, you know. And Barzell's got to stay 
uh, healthy and keep his head on straight, which I believe he will. So he just get a little more aggressive too, get more confidence in his shot because he's a how is he going to be confident when he, he has nobody that he can right. pass exactly? To that he no, 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 I'm not blaming him. I'm just saying. Look who his line mates were. Oh yeah, in Los Angeles. Terrible. Lane. It was terrible. I know. A guy that had one goal. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And the other guy, uh, um, Everly, who was overpaid, who had 16 goals right. this year. No, no, that's what I'm saying. They're I definitely going to get more confident as a result of that for him, just as a personal thing that it doesn't have to do everything and be the playmaker and all that stuff because. Obviously, Trotz's system isn't in terms of like over aggressive. No, and of, that's why I think of, I, I, offense, I even yeah. even with Barzell there and Tarasenko, I still don't think Barzell's going to score a lot of goals because they're going to have to play defense. Trotz, of course, is, he pushes defense. Offense has to play defense, and Tarasenko fits that mold. That's why I think Tarasenko mm-hmm. is a, is a very uh, huge pickup. If the Islanders somehow sw- swing this and not have to give up much, a Mayfield and a Bailey and a, and a, a second or third round pick for him, I mean, that is a steal for Tarasenko. Yeah. It really is. And then Palmieri, he already said uh, – Palmieri hasn't signed with anybody. He's not no. going to know it. He's signing with the Islanders. Sure. And, and Parisi. Palmieri and Parisi are done deals. We'll even give you that. So – and and also, uh, they, um, I think Bolivier actually did sign. He signed a yeah, two-year extension. A, yeah, he signed two that year extension. extension. And he's a nice nice value for him. I think he only like four – Four million. Something like that. Four, yeah. four point two million. I think that's a steal. And you put him with Brock Nelson and Zach Parisi – that's a pretty good third yeah. line. It really is. I, it's, uh, I, I'm telling you, if the Islanders stay healthy this year, watch out. You're, we saw how good they were last year with the team that they had last year. Uh, they'll be even scarier this year with the players that they have. Um, I guess that's it for our show. Uh, we will be back uh, tomorrow. I, I did want to get into uh, this Jake Paul thing. I, I mean, huh? have you wa- have you been watching this Showtime sh- the garbage? I, I do want to get You knocked in- out yet? No, it's Saturday, and no. uh, I, I'm looking forward to this because even a Woodley is not a boxer. No, Tyrone Woodley will knock him out. I don't think it's going to happen. Tyrone Woodley doesn't knock him out. His career is over. I don't think Tyrone Woodley is going to knock him out. I, I, I think it's going to be a lot closer than you think. I think it's going to go to decision. There is no decision. So it's an exhibition foul. So bout. So there is no. It, Which is an absolute joke in its own right. Well, and, and by the way, estimated. Jake Paul to make on this fight fifteen and a half million dollars. Fifteen and a half million dollars. Can't be mad at him for eight rounds of marketing garbage. Can't be mad at him. Very nice. Be mad at the idiots that buy it up. Oh, he's a great marketer. I can yeah, tell you. No, that. Yeah, no, yeah. He's like, Floyd Mayweather. Floyd uh, he, did he, the same thing. I, I just except don't know Floyd why, could box. I just don't know why anybody wants to watch it. So, I well, I they actually think Woodley's a bit the bigger name in the fight. No, Jake Paul is. You Wood- think so? Oh, absolutely. Dyron Woodley, Jake Paul says he would, he, would, he would bet him his winnings over his winnings that he will beat Woodley. Fifteen and a half to Woodley's like four and a half million that he's going to make on this deal. Woodley says there's no, no chance in hell because he wants the money. Sure. Because he, uh, but I, he I was not going to bet on that. Now, Jake Paul was willing to bet the fifteen and a half million dollars. Uh, I so, think Tyron, if Tyron Woodley doesn't knock him out, I'm going to be insanely disappointed in Tyron Woodley. Oh, by the way, Snug says, never hate the player, only hate the game. So, <laughs> thank you. Uh, You're my boy, now, Blue. Uh, eat, that, eat that cupcake, my friend. Eat that cupcake. <laughs> Anyways, the next uh, cupcakes. Yeah, we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, we will get into the whole Jake Paul craziness. Uh, we will get into some football. Uh, the Beef will be with us um, oh. on Thursday, next Thursday. Not this Thursday. Oh, thank God. Next Thursday, the Beef will be joining us. I'm that going will... away next Thursday. Are you? 
Uh, it, I am now. Well, it, <laughs> I think it'll be very interesting. The beef, sure. a.k.a. the Sultan of Slaw. Also. I, I'm interested to see what will happen when the beef is here. So um, <coughs> the beef will be here. Uh, I, what I'm hearing, it's either Wednesday or Thursday. I'm, I'm trying to push Thursday because it makes sense Thursday. Um, and, uh, you know, Jeff thought, it, Jeff thought was um, football started next week. I said, no, it's the week after. Right. So uh, the Beef already said that he wants to talk about the NFL. He wants to do his picks. No, That's what he always does. God. So I, I, I want Beef to come in here. I think it'll be an interesting show. I'm sure a lot of uh, callers will. <laughs> one. <laughs> one. No, there'll be a lot of people calling up the show. I'm sure. We got two lines, so we got Jeff on one Jeff end. Jeff will be on one, and everyone else will also. Whoever else wants to call, <laughs> and they're all going to call. The, the, the Beave is a very popular player, and when it comes to coming into the studio, let's not call him a player. Let's call him a. I'm interested to see how he handles the. Uh, so, probably have the other guy, the Prince of Piccolo. That's what we'll call him. Nah, I'm going to call him. The, what did Jeff call him? The Sultan, the Sultan of Sloth. I like that. <laughs> I like that. I like Princess of Pickles. Mm. Anyways, um, hashtag ban the beef with Ben over here. So, anyways, hey. you don't even ben, ben doesn't even know who the beef is. is I was funny? gonna say I don't. <laughs> he just, he just rolls with it. Uh, he doesn't even know who ben, beef is, but he'll, he'll find out next week. Uh, Sorry in advance. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, that's it for our show. We'll be back tomorrow, nine Three p.m. Tune in. Until then, this is me as an arrow, Tyler Harrison. And Speedy PD with the pickle loaf saying good night. And we'll talk to you pickle tomorrow. Good night, everybody. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.